Jarvis, drop my needle. Hello, this is the hardcore legend Mick Foley, and if you are interested in listening to idiots, you came to the right place. Have a nice day. Woo! That's an attention getter. He's a very strange young man. He's an idiot. What we're dealing with here is a complete lack of respect for the law. Oh my God, he's an idiot. You know, of course, that you're out of your jurisdiction. Personally, I think you're an idiot. But that's the evidence in the car. But I was going into Toshi Station to pick up some power converters. Always like to keep my audience riveted. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, friends and fiends, and welcome to Free Range Idiocy, the podcast about everything, but mostly just the stuff we like, which is true this week because we may be the only ones who like talking about this. We hope you enjoy listening to it. It's been a little while since we took a deep dive into that particular geek fetish known as professional wrestling, Mm -hmm. and uh, with its 30th anniversary of The Undertaker's debut happening, we figured we might as well see what's happening in the twisted world of Vinnie Mac. So we'll be recapping this year's survival series in this episode 47 the lastest ride my name is todd with me as always is the man who once choke slammed seven people at a dorm kegger after watching the infamous hell in a cell match 36 times in a row he is the dan spivey to my mean mark we're so old school they didn't even have books back then and it took 20 minutes to walk back and forth from the bathroom i give you the man they call tim i was like a man possessed when i was doing those choke slams <laughs> just you were in the zone i mean i i wasn't there but i heard stories and one of the people is just getting over the limp oh how are you my brother i'm doing all right sir yourself i'm well i'm well and and you know speaking of of such things you know we we're we're on episode 47 and we have yet to bring up the story if you recall a a certain gathering of sorts back in the day when mm-hmm. you and I uh, had ourselves a little faux match in the backyard. <laughs> do, you, do you remember this? In the backyard? We, we were at a friend, uh, a, a mutual friend of ours was having a, a, a gathering. Yes. And I don't know if we had just imbibed. In, oh, oh, yes. You know, oh, yeah. There was definitely imbibing. I remember. <laughs> yes. And, and, and let's just say there, there, there was a rock bottom that was done uh, on the hard ground. <laughs> And I believe I was on the receiving end of said move. You were, and, and damn it, you took it like a champ. I mean, I, there was n- no hands down. Mick Foley would have been proud of you, sir. I think there was a root. <laughs> you jabronis hit the jackpot. I, I still can't sleep on that side. I, I, st- I still, you know, I, I, I waddle a bit because of, because of that injury. Tim's gonna be on disability here, and I'll be the I'll be the root cause of it. Yeah, it all goes to back to that one that, that fateful night in that rock bottom on the on on the bottom that had rock. So well, oh, you know, man. I I I have been known to take liberties with my opponents. Oh, so I'm sorry. Oh man. Well, before we get too far into this, I'm I'm gonna ask you because I know you're just stalling. Can you name the tag team? Uh, I believe uh, Mark Calloway and Danny Spivey. I want to say they were called the Skyscrapers. Glorious. Oh, digging deep down for that one. Uh-huh. I thought for sure I had that. That was a that was an NWA yes, uh, little, tag little, team. Uh-huh. Yeah, that was right before I that was shortly before uh Undertaker came to the WWF, mm-hmm. soon to become WWE. And, and actually I didn't know Dan uh, Dan Spivey wound up in the WWE as well. Yeah, I was going to say he ended up um I think not too long after the Undertaker debuted and he was 
it was kind of weird because it was, I think it was in 91 and it was right around that time when Cape Fear was big. Yeah. And he yep, did yep. this, this, he, I, I you know, the, the gimmick was good because it was like, he was trying to do that Robert De Niro character, you know, that mm-hmm. kind of deranged, but you know, intelligent yeah. kind of guy. And he, he was called Waylon Mercer, I think, or something like that. Mercy. Or Mercy. Oh, was it Waylon Mercy? Oh, of course. Yeah, was, because Vince, up on Vince has to have the puns. So, oh well, yeah, yeah. He loves that sort of stuff. Lord, I'll, I'll post a, mercy. I'll post a, a little, uh, a little linkaroo to Dan Spivey's uh, Wikipedia page because it is rather interesting. He yeah. seems like a rather interesting, uh, a rather interesting dude. Yep. yep. So uh, we will be talking about uh, this year's Survivor Series pay per view uh, a little bit later on. But first of all, you know what? Uh, let's get to the weekend geek, mm-hmm. shall we? Mm-hmm. It's right here, right? It's looking at me. So funky. What do you have for us this week, sir? Well, and as become custom, we we need to first visit the land of fantasy, fantasy football. That is, folks, and uh, check on our teams, see what's going on, talk about what happened last week, what's going on this week. I I'll start with myself, uh, my team known as Quick Slants, uh, taken from the Madden game. Mm-hmm. Basically, last week I uh, I was ahead, and uh, my opponent had one player left to play uh, last Monday night, and that player posted the requisite points, so I lost, and my kicker did me wrong. So you were you were ahead until you weren't ahead. I was ahead until I wasn't ahead. I'm now sitting in seventh place at four and six. However, uh, after uh, action from uh, last uh, from yesterday. I am ahead by a healthy amount. I believe the percentages are in my favor, and I will be walking away with the W, so I will be back to five and six. I believe I'll be in sixth place. So quick slants, uh, turning the corner here after a two-game slide as we uh, head into the playoffs, and probably I, I want to guess is about, yeah, about two weeks will be, uh, three, in about three weeks we'll be heading for the playoffs, so... So are you turning it? Are you turn? Are actually turning the corner? Or are you turning in the corner like we've been turning the cor- corner on COVID for the past like three months? No, no. I, I think this is a definitive uh, turning of the <laughs> okay. corner. I think I've worked out the kinks in the quarterback situation, and uh, we're flying on all cylinders, baby. Okay, because it seems like you've taken a couple of turns. Like you're you're trying to do that whole three lefts make a right sort of thing. I'm I'm I'm, I'm ahead this week two oh seven to one forty two. So I I have an abundance of points, and and I I feel good about the team. Well, I'm 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 rooting for you. How is they all hate helps. you doing? They all hate you is doing pretty good. So right now, uh, sitting at a, a fairly decent six and four, especially considering the nosedive I went into earlier in the season. Once again, uh, I'm a, I've got the longest win streak going in the league. I'm I've five in a row now. I'm ahead one seventy eight to one sixty three. I've just got to keep my fingers crossed that Mike Evans doesn't completely blow me out of the water tonight. And if that happens, I think I will still be in a tie for second, three way tie for second, and there'd only be one team in first. Mm-hmm. But I'd still be one game behind that team so I, i'm still within striking distance of that team not too shabby now of course i i managed to hose myself up because of all of my machinations uh here but now i've I, I'm, I'm feeling pretty good i'm going to straighten things out the ship shall be righted uh and if not oh well it's all stupid fantasy teams anyway so whatever of course it's always bourbon of course what i figure you would appreciate the most from this week's action uh, with with my matchup is apparently my opponent 
in a uh, you know some sort of uh, blind rage of, of of GM trading whatever, uh, decided to uh, pull some some free agents in and uh, booted off his defense and his kicker for the week. So I am a virtual lock now to win. For he will be getting a goose egg in both of those positions. Oh, that's right. So he he basically he dropped them and then he 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 brought in brought in players or defense or whatever that had already played. So now it's ready for next week, but he gets no points for this week. Yeah, I, I'm wondering if he listened. Management, right? There. I'm wondering if he listened to the podcast when we talked about you know our our league and you had a recommendation about. Hey, wouldn't it be cool if we could plug players in, like kind of in real, like I can swap guys out if they do better than the guys I started? Yeah, maybe he's maybe he's thinking that. I don't know. Maybe either that, or maybe he was just you know, I mean. But the problem is now he's he what he did was he essentially pulled the Madden because well you see if you 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 kick your your defense off then you don't have a defense to play and if you need a defense to play you don't have a defense the defense is already played so then you need the defense to play it already played but you don't get any points and then you already because you already gave gave up your defense and then you don't have a defense in there and then you wanted the defense you brought the defense in defense already played so you don't have a defense you know you know, I, mean, I don't know what you're gonna do there Pat. Thanks, Third John. And five, John. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody rescue me from this unmitigated hell. All we're missing <laughs> is the telestrator. Yes. Uh, Good but, stuff. Oh, well, yeah. So fantasy football chugging right along. So they all hate um, you on pace for second. Quick slants on <sighs> pace for sixth. And I'm still, I'm still hoping things settle out where you and I face off in Idiot Bowl 2. In the playoffs. <laughs> Electric Boogaloo. Why <laughs> <laughs> people in the place to be? Uh, so that is that is the update for fantasy football. And then uh, second point we got to touch on, uh, got to check on Uncle Todd over here because why am i have you heard rumors that am i doing all right well i don't know I, you you i've been you, told i've been doing very well the dust with all the doctors have told you me. were jonesing for 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 a little grief mm. carga in the mandalorian and i want to see how you're doing after this past episode which we're not going to get into that'll be a future episode but how are you holding up my friend oh it was a beautiful thing it was a beautiful thing oh <laughs> It's like a fine cigar, because not only did we get a, get us a whole bunch of grief carga, we got us some uh, some Gina Carano, mm-hmm. some Cara Dune, mm-hmm. and that episode was directed by none other than Mr. Carl Weathers. Mm-hmm. Some damn fool accused you of being the best. Uh, you, what what more can you really ask for, As, especially when you have like grief carga carrying around the baby Yoda puppet like a proud uncle? I mean, come on, Dylan, you son of a bitch. Yeah. That- that, oh, that was beautiful. Cool. Well, again, we'll save our review for for next episode. But uh, but yeah. but just wanted doing... to check in on Uncle Todd, make make sure it, it, you know he was doing fine because he was you know he he was he was missing the grief and 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 the grief has arrived. I was I'm feeling very good, very good, <laughs> very nice, very nice. ah Mando Mando. They all. Uh. Hate you. So speaking of Mando, we'll we'll just run right into this one, and then we'll 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 close yes. it out. Uh, what but, else we got here? But coming up, this mm. chapter the thirteenth uh, coming up on this Friday uh, is uh, been confirmed to have uh, probably I guess and I'm surprised by this because I thought the Marshall was probably the longest running episode at, at I thought it was at fifty minutes, but they're saying this one is going to be a, a long one. Uh, this episode will be forty five minutes. Coming up on Friday, and uh, a lot of folks excited because it is 
the episode where uh, Dave Filoni will be directing, and ah. there's some thought that this may be the debut, the live-action debut, if you will, of one Ahsoka Tano. It has to be, dude. I mean, he created the character. Ain't no way he's going to be like, nah, I'll tell you what, why don't we just save that for the next chapter? Why don't we let someone else do that? Like, no, that's your, you know, you you were the one who created that character as like a little kid. You're like, you want to play with your toys, you know? Mm-hmm. And I mean, why wouldn't you? And and dang it, it's, it's good we're getting this Thanksgiving weekend here in the States. Uh, I say that for the benefit of those who are listening to us overseas. Mm-hmm. I, I haven't checked the stats lately, but we were huge in France for a little while. I don't know if that's still the case. <laughs> We may have caused an international incident somewhere along the way. I don't know. <laughs> I think it was that the movies from 1977 episode really, really hooked him. I fart in your gender direction. Oh no, no. Well, you actually, yeah, that would have been the French. You know, they they love them some movies. Especially like, some no, of your I'm... picks were probably right up there. Oh, jeez. <sighs> you know, I bet Smoking the Bandit is huge in France. I bet it is. <laughs> That's not the one I'm thinking of, but okay. I know, I know. Let's let's not speak of Wanda the Wicked Warden, shall we? Now, I don't want to talk to you no more. <laughs> oh my gosh, I almost spit my water out. <laughs> yeah, I knew I was timing that one just right. Thank you. Well, that's good. We get a, we get a little extra something something on Thanksgiving weekend. Nice long weekend to just gorge ourselves and you know and hopefully everybody stay the f home sort of yeah, deal. Yeah, and, and, um, and a nice long episode of Mando. Nice one. Yes. Oh my goodness. So I might I might that. have to go get me a cigar and just in, just enjoy this. Oh, it'd be lovely. And lovely. Uh, last point, uh will they won't they uh originally this this week in geek item was going in one direction and then uh due to some actual research I did before we started recording. Your brain was getting in the way. Hardly ever been the case. Uh, ended up finding out it went the other way. So uh, at first we thought Black Widow was going to debut on Disney Plus in streaming only. Uh-huh. It was supposed to uh, be in theaters this past spring. But then mm-hmm. the Rona hit. And then yep. uh, there was uh, apparently some discussion around uh, debuting it on Disney Plus. That is not happening. Uh, apparently it will end up debuting in theaters uh, uh i think a few you know some marvel fans were thinking um you know especially because with wonder woman 1984 uh mm-hmm. debuting both in theaters and on hbo now on the 25th of december there was a thought that maybe black widow would be following suit since it's been in the hopper for some time but it sounds like that is instead going to have a big screen debut uh may 7th of 2021 fingers crossed uh, that uh, things have turned a corner by then. Yeah, I uh, I don't know with this one anymore. I mean, I I really don't because I just, I it's been so long since we've kind of been in the Marvel groove, and I know people are going to be anxious for it. But dude, I don't know that how many people are going to be. It's not like it's an, like Avengers Endgame or something that's been building and building and building. This is kind of one of those. It's a weird sort of flick, like. I like the character as much as anybody. I've I've always appreciated you know that character that that she was very different from all of the other uh, sort of superheroes in that team and and in that universe. Yeah. I don't know that I really even in May. I I don't know at that point that I'm going to want to go out to a theater and and hang out and breathe the same air as other people for that long. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. But then again, who knows how Wonder Woman's going to actually do? Uh, and who know you know Disney is hurting for money. I mean they haven't had you know when you when when like two thirds of your business is cruise lines and theme parks, 
It's been a rough year for the mouse. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they're not printing money the, quite the way they used to be. And then when you take away movies, I mean, right now the kind of big shiny thing they have is Disney Plus. So yeah. I was kind of I really thought they would they would go for that just as almost a cash grab, and they might even try and knock the price point down to like twenty five dollars or something for that exclusive early access they did like with Mulan. Yeah, just to get some cash. You know, or maybe at this point it's just a matter of they're writing off tax losses I, for for tax purposes. I don't know, but it seems to me like it's a very, I don't know. I could see it being a good decision or bad decision. Yeah, I have no or, idea. or they're in a weird spot where, like you said, because the movie, you know, because the subject of the movie is, you know, this this character who whose fate we're aware of, and this is more kind of mm. a a pre, uh, you know, a prequel of sorts. Um, you know, I'm wondering if it just doesn't resonate the same way. You know, I mean, I mean, Hamilton yeah. originally was supposed to have, you know, the 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 theatrical version of Hamilton that we saw in Disney Plus was was originally intended to be in theaters, I believe. Yes, um, and went to Disney Plus. I and, and I think you know you do something like that because it pulls subscribers in, people sign up for the service. Yep. You know, in 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 the same context of what we will be talking about soon. Let's face it, Hamilton was main event material. Uh, yeah. Black Widow, very good character, very good, you know, uh, acting job by one Scarlett Johansson. Um, mm-hmm. Not quite sure it's at the same level. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. No knock on her, no knock on the character. It's just, you know, there, there's just certain, just like in wrestling, there, there's some characters that just pull, you know, I, I mean, put put butts in seats, uh, to, to quote probably J.R. or Jim Cornette in some sort of PG-13 way, but... yeah. <laughs> Well, as, as Jr. used to say, you want an ass every fourteen inches. You know, I, I don't even. That, that wasn't even a very good Jr. But that was, I'm pretty sure that was that was the right quote. That, that was Jr. and Bu- Buford T. Justice somewhere in there. It, it was. It was. There's no way you could have come from my loins. Good lord. Oh man. Yeah, I don't know. The thing is, with all of these things, it's such an individualized case. Because I mean, yeah. you would have thought that yeah. Tenant would have been one of those movies that people would have gone to see. But it just turns out, there's, if there's not that many theaters that are open, it doesn't matter right. if people want to go see it. If there's nowhere to go see it, right. you know, not to get to another John Madden loop. But if you want to <laughs> go see it and there ain't nowhere to go see it, then you ain't going to see it because there's nowhere to go see it. Thank you, John. Second down. But I'm also wondering if maybe they're counting on, well, we'll get over this. And the rumor is that Robert Downey Jr. does make like one, his final like MCU appearance in this flick, mm. that there that he is in it somewhere. I At least that's what I've read in a couple places, although every Marvel thing involves Robert Downey Jr. somehow as a clickbait. So I don't know. Maybe they'll try and gin up another trailer and, and you get like a tiny little you get a tiny little voice sample of like Robert down of, of Tony Stark in there and people will run out to see that yeah. I don't know yeah who knows I, I give I give up trying to figure out this year or how business is going to work in this year yeah I mean I don't know it's it, it's it's a it's a challenging environment no doubt no doubt yep yes well indeed. that is a wrap ladies and gentlemen on the weekend geek well, thank you, sir. Thank you for going out there and, you know, taking about five minutes and, and finding stuff on the internet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's why I'm paid the big bucks. <laughs> oh, wait, you get paid for this? Damn it. In I knew I was bourbon. getting the raw end of the deal here. <laughs> ah, well, in that case, then I'm getting paid, too. <laughs> I, I didn't realize that was part of the Bottoms pay. Up. Sweet. <laughs> Salute. Salute. 
Uh, so what man. is the business right. at hand, my friend? What the business at hand is Survivor Series 2020. Oh my now, gosh. Now, this oh jeez, don't give don't give away the story yet. <laughs> Well, no, no, no. It's it's not the, like like that. That reaction was. I feel like I'm doing a podcast with Jim Cornette now. <laughs> just more. No, no, more, no. Just cleaner. The the reaction is not meant to show one's hand in terms of of quality of the show. It was, you know, just uh, Survivor Series has been around for so long. You know, I mean, I think it originated in what 1987, yes. I believe. Yeah, I think we're on. Th- this was the 34th. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so and, we're, we're and around 87, around 30 of them. somewhere around there. Yeah. And uh yeah, and 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 this was an interesting pay-per-view because it it really was, you know, hinged on this concept of teams and elimination type scenarios so that, you know, you had like 5 on 5s and uh, you know, would would a team go up like, you know, 4 to 1 or 5 to 1 on another team and how would they battle back? And it was just a, it, it was kind of an it was a great pay-per-view for for moving storylines forward with certain feuds mm. because you could protect some of the players in those feuds, especially the main event level feuds, mm-hmm. um, by not having you know they, they they would lose, but it wouldn't really be a loss for them. You know, it would be a yeah, loss for it the wasn't team. a one-on-one, right? Yeah. Exactly. So you would see Hogan at times, you know, lose, you know, his team would lose, but it wouldn't reflect poorly on him because usually he was off, you know, talking to the concessions guy or something like that, you know. So. Well, that and, I mean, we all knew, you know, you don't you don't get over clean on Hulk. That no, just ain't no, Hulk, Hulk gets counted out. That, 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 yeah. That's about the only way Hulk loses, so, <laughs> back yeah. then at least. Uh, so, and last year we, we did a podcast episode on this because... Um, yes, we did. What was really interesting about last year's was... Uh, they they factored in the developmental um, circuit or, or league, if you will, NXT into it, and so you kind of had this Raw versus SmackDown versus NXT situation uh, going on, and and it actually proved to be really quite interesting because um, you know last year I remember uh, you know there was the AJ Styles Shinsuke Nakamura and uh, Roderick Strong match that I think yes. we both really enjoyed. I mean that that was just such a great like straight oh, up yeah. wrestling match. I mean anything with with Styles is just off the charts and you know you get a guy like Strong and, and Nakamura in there who both can work and and that was just fantastic. Mm-hmm. This year was billed as the best of the best and it featured a number of uh champion versus champion matches and it well, and, almost all of them. Yeah, everything it, that wasn't a Survivor Series match or the well actually everything that wasn't a Survivor Series match. Right. Right. And so was, yeah. Yeah, so so there was two Survivor Series matches basically. So so the elimination concept was really down to just two out of I believe it was six matches. Uh, yeah, and, it was, and actually they did that last year too. There was only two Survivor Series matches then too. That is true. That is true. Yeah, because because some of the NXT Raw SmackDown ones were basically you know kind of like a, a champion versus champion situation. Mm-hmm. Um, I, although I think last year didn't they have like the Fiend defended against like Daniel Bryan I believe, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, there was, but but there was still only there were some title matches involved. I thought so. Yes, um, but but this year, yeah, it was there was a men's Survivor Series match between Raw and SmackDown, and there was a women's same same brands. Yeah, and and the thing is, like, it, to me, I'm just gonna I'm not gonna give the store away on this one. To me, this whole thing felt disjointed. Yeah. Like it did not feel cohesive. Like the entire thing was kind of 
a lot of it was advertised, at least from you know my perspective, as oh the farewell to the Undertaker and blah 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 blah. Yeah. And so, like, the entire night's building to that, and there really wasn't a whole lot going on until you get to the, finally the very end. And, and I think a great way to – a great metaphor for this, like, they gave it away right in the opening. So they have the, the – the opening is, like, this raucous sort of, you know, intro, and they got the new ACDC song, which uh, I don't know if you've seen this, but apparently ACDC debuted at number one for their new album uh, on the Billboard Hot 200 or Top 200 albums. Rock on. And it's like, of course they did. Because, and the thing is, even though it is essentially the same album, I bet it rocks. The, the two songs I've heard off of it so far absolutely rock their ass off. Mm-hmm. It's, mm-hmm. And it's a tried and true formula, and it works. Um, so, of course, uh, uh, what the heck was the name of the song? Shot in the Dark mm-hmm. was the, the official theme song overall of Survivor Series. I'm like, yeah, whatever. So they had kind of had this thing, and it was all starting off to like pump you up, like kind of like all right, yeah, yeah. And then all of a sudden they cut to this whole like thing with the Undertaker, and it just took all the energy and just sucked it right out of the room. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. then and then they're like, and here we go. I'm like, well, no, you probably should have done that in reverse order. Yeah, because yeah. because you just brought me up and then took me down, and now you want to bring me up again, and that's not really how it works. So yeah, that to me was a great. I'm like, okay, so this is what we're in for. Sweet. Yes. So uh, let's let's start off. So we're going to be rating these matches and kind of recapping a little bit, but we'll be rating these matches on a scale of one to five stars as dictated by uh, recap union rules. And uh, we will kind of give our a little bit of analysis here and, uh, you know... We'll we'll see what we what we thought of this. So first match of the night mm-hmm. is the men's Survivor Series match, which, considering this is the curtain jerker, I think <laughs> we all know where this is headed. So this uh this pitted the Raw team of AJ Styles, Riddle, Keith Lee, Braun Strowman, and Sheamus against the SmackDown team of Jay Uso, Kevin Owens, Otis, Seth Rollins, and King Corbin. <sighs> I forgot they changed Riddle to like he used to be Matt Riddle and now he's just Riddle. Yeah. Yeah. And his big and gimmick he's, is it, he's a bro and he jumps up and flips his flip flops off and he wrestles barefoot. Yeah. Yeah. He he is quite he is quite talented though. He he is quite a you know like like f- physicality wise you need to go back and maybe we can put this in the show notes but there was a clip from I'm trying to think the match him versus an NXT wrestler, Timothy Thatcher. It was one of, I think, Riddle's last matches in NXT. And they did kind of like, because Riddle actually has somewhat of a mixed martial arts background. Mm. And Thatcher is, he is a tough guy. Like, he is a legit, you know, fighter. And they, they kind of did this quasi, like, mixed martial arts slash pro wrestling style match. And it was pretty brutal. Um, hmm. So, uh, anyways, so 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 Riddle, as goofy as he is, it's kind of funny. He has a goofy gimmick, but he's actually you know got some legit you know toughness to him. So he was interesting. Keith Lee, I had heard a lot about his his awful entrance music, and then he comes in, and I'm like, well, that entrance music is so bad. And then I find out, well, that was the debut last night of his new entrance music. Yeah. So- I, I never heard the old. Uh, I will say that, uh, quite honestly, I think King Corbin has the worst entrance. In WWE, yeah, 
right now and quite possibly one of the worst of all times i i heard that and i was like i already can't stand this guy and not in like a good way yeah. not in like a heel like i want to boo him i just want him to go away <laughs> because he's he annoys me on a genetic level yeah, he, there's he, something he, he's got like oh. go away heat Yes, yes, that's exactly what it is. Oh, my goodness. And then actually, I did, you know, I'll tell you right out front. You know who I enjoyed in this match the most? Who's that? Otis. Oh, gosh, yeah. Isn't he funny? I wasn't expecting that because I I kind of, I remember when we watched. Oh, yeah. I was like, is his gimmick like he's like the redneck Kool-Aid guy? Like, what is going on here? Oh yeah! I goes crashing through. I mean, that should be his thing. He should come crashing through a wall, you know, paint himself red. It'd be great. Well, and and, um, and and the whole thing he does, where he does that whole like 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 fist pumping thing, you know, uh, like like he just kind of winds up and then let's go. I mean, it's hysterical. Mm-hmm. He he is very entertaining to watch. Oh yeah, and he's got the he's got the blue meanies like half shirt going on, which I'm I'm kind of surprised that he hasn't been sued for gimmick infringement on that. <laughs> But he was actually, and but the thing was, I expected to be entertained by him. He was actually pretty good. He's a pretty good worker as well. Oh, I was yeah. kind of surprised by that. And there was, he had some good exchanges, and there was some good, some good moments in the ring. It wasn't just all comedic. You know, yeah. he was good. You know who I was most disappointed in this match? Who? AJ Styles. Yeah. One year ago, we watched him in a hell of a match, and then not even like seven months ago, we watched him have the Boneyard match with Undertaker. Yeah. And yeah. here he is jerking the curtain with a bunch of jabronis in, in a match that apparently was thrown together like a half hour before the show. <laughs> and, and and they've got this like towering bodyguard with him who they're like, they're talking about Braun Strowman. What a physical specimen. I'm like, AJ Styles' bodyguard is bigger than Strowman. Right. Who cares? Right. right. Like, he's that big of a dude. Like, the other guy's like a good four or five inches taller than him. You know, yeah. like he's actually the the bodyguard, which I can't remember his damn name. Uh, he's probably he's probably the actual height that they were trying to build Strowman as. Like right. that's a, he's probably legit that height. Yeah. You know, yeah. and and he really I don't even think he did anything in the damn match. He just came down in a suit and is like, hey, look, here's Virgil with on like stilts. I don't know what the hell his purpose. The thing was. I've read about him, and and I don't know his name either, but the thing I I was reading about him when he kind of debuted as AJ Styles' bodyguard because he, he it, it is really. You know, it's quite a visual because because Styles is kind of like a, you know, Shawn Michaels was probably like six foot six foot one, and I think Styles is roughly around that as well. He was five nine, five ten tops. You know, so he he's kind of average height uh, for for wrestling. It's no record, but bigger than most of us. This guy comes in and he's like seven foot one or two or something like it's something insane. But what I've been reading is so he's been in developmental for like like a year or two or something. And I don't think he's coming along real well, but they said, Hey, you know what? You look physically imposing. We're going to put you as a bodyguard. Yeah. And so I, I don't know if this guy's ever going to actually get involved at any point. Cause from what I've read, it, it hasn't looked pretty when he's out there. So it's one of those things that oh. I think he has the, 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 the look, but I don't know that he has the coordination to, to, to pull it off. Which is one of those weird things. Like, you see someone who's, like, you know, seven feet tall, and you're like, oh, my gosh, this must, person must be an amazing basketball player. And they can't even tie their own shoes without right, falling over. Right, right. You know? Yeah. It's it, it's amazing how how you know how goofy nature is when things like that. Happen. Yeah, but, but, but he wasn't even that good in that. He, H. Styles wasn't even that good in the match. Like honestly, there was no. there was a time earlier, and and it's kind of funny. Like I was instead of being repulsed, I was actually 
I was feeling pretty good about the commentators last night. Like I, mm-hmm. there was no points during the night when I, I, I like wanted to reach through the, the, the screen and strangle them. Even Michael Cole, which is a rarity. Yeah, Samoa Joe, who who was was an active wrestler mm. last year, but due to I, I think he he had a a bad run of concussion, so he's been out. You know, and and instead has been stepping in as announcer. He is like mm-hmm. a revelation on the mic. Oh he, yeah, he brings legitimacy you know being someone who 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 has been in it you know because i really haven't watched a lot this year because it was really hard to watch when they had like no crowd i it it really killed it for me with no crowd you know Mm. and so i i just really haven't watched a lot but when i have seen you know since they started this thunderdome thing and i and i've listened when he's talked he brings such a a a depth to the commentator you know just what the commentators are saying because you know michael cole has has never been a wrestler or, or i mean he, he wrestled in, no. in one wrestlemania but really you know guy just drives you nuts <laughs> listening to him not last night i was shocked I, I like i usually there's at least one time in these in these pay-per-views when i'm like i want to like reach through my tv yeah. screen and just like just like thump michael cole's head on the on his monitor yep. like just stop yeah just stop but not last night i was shocked yeah. it was but they, the the commentators are actually really i think pretty good and i forget the name night. of the other one but he used to be in nxt and he had to um he had to cut his career short because he had too many concussions mm-hmm. so and i forget his name he was in a f- shoot there there was a espn like what was it called e60 or e360 sort of documentary and he yeah, was yeah. one of the wrestlers that they did it on because they were doing it all in the whole developmental system mm-hmm. that that uh, Triple H, you know, had kind of evolved over time. And uh, and he's been fantastic too. He plays a very good heel kind of commentator, and and not in the smarmy sort of Jerry Lawler way. I mean, he's actually like I would put him closer to like a Bobby Heenan. You know what I mean? Like he mm. he he really knows how to heal it up at the right time. You know, nice. Um, and and yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, the commentating was fantastic. I mean, they, they were they were yeah. really like spot on. And and so Samoa Joe brings legitimacy. Um, the other guy, sorry, I don't know his name. I'll, I'll look it up while we're going here. But you know, he's wrestled. He he brings some some good insights. And then you have Michael Cole, who finally, I think, after 20 years, has finally <laughs> finally found his rhythm. I think you know what I mean. He's a late bloomer, but it's interesting because Styles either missed or it was a missed spot with a drop kick, and they actually covered for it and and weren't like, oh, what a drop kick! They're like, ah, I don't think he quite got all of that. He must have tried to do this, and oh, the he managed to put his hand up. Or they covered for it in real time, very quickly, which I was impressed by. Mm-hmm. Um, and so here's the first thing that I'm probably going to need a little help from you on. So, Seth Rollins. <laughs> I knew you were going to go there. What the hell's going on with this guy? Because it seems like he's just like, I, I know that there's, so they got this whole like savior of SmackDown thing and they brought him out and they had like the Vincent Van Gogh, like he's, you know, like the, the Messiah sort of thing and all that. I'm like, okay, this is interesting and weird, but it, he looks heavily medicated. What's going on here? So, and, and before I get started, uh, Corey Graves is the yes. is, is, yeah, yeah, is the yeah. announcer I was talking about from NXT who who Yeah, he's good. He he's very good. Very good. Uh, you know, this is one area that I'm not up to speed on the storyline, but yeah, so Seth Rollins has been um he went through this whole phase of being like the 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 Monday Night Messiah and then I think he got moved to SmackDown. Um mm. I actually don't 
you know, th- this is one time where I just do not have context for what exactly happened in the match. It was very strange. Yeah, he got down on his knees. He said, "This is for the good of something or other," and then he, he allowed himself to get oh, for the no, it's for the greater good, or, or yeah, then, for, for for the greater good. And he allowed himself to get uh, bro kicked by by Sheamus and basically pinned right away. It was the strangest sequence. Well, and and, and then he's he, before he got kicked, it was like do your part or something like that. And so I mean, I get, but then the weirdest thing after that, number one, that was just bizarre, anyways, and the fact that he's walking around all like zonked out and stuff. Yeah, and you know, he, I mean, he's probably he's probably a good two weeks away from us starting a cult i'm guessing that's where they're heading with this or something but the the funny part is after that then there was like a huddle time yeah like everybody's everybody's off in their corners I'm like wait 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 wait, time out like when did this become a thing well literally when, when when did you call a timeout and like have a strategy session over here like isn't there supposed to be a count out happening right now yeah someone's legal yeah and uh and that didn't happen and you know instead Seamus is over there talking even though he looks like you know he's just about ready to he's got a something coming out sideways like this all his hair what what's going on with the hair i mean i get like he's like the palest person on the planet but what's go what what is it with the hair because it all looks like it happened because of a trap uh, like a real harrowing like plane ride or something like, he looks like a he looks like what's his face uh, uh like uh oh my god uh, bridges uh at the end of a uh, airplane after he sniffs the glue and all his hair is sticking up that's seamus just like all the time yeah yeah. Well, and it actually used to be worse. So he he used to have like a massive mohawk going. Um, but yeah, he's that, that, that's, really that's just always been his gimmick. I mean, he's just had that that straight up, you know, red red hair. I mean, that that's just him. Um Yeah. I I think they were trying to play up the dif- the the dysfunction on both teams, especially on the raw side. You know, you you heard a lot of, you know, Strowman was asserting himself. Styles was trying to play the role of the captain. Um it, it was it, they were just trying to like, I think sow seeds of uh dysfunction between the two teams um and i i don't know if i if i noted this correctly in terms of sequence here because you we, we already talked about seth rollins but i really enjoyed kevin owens going after riddle's uh, feet yeah that actually it was a it like actually made sense yeah and i liked i liked owens when he was going off on everybody and and then he like stunned he gave a stunner out to every single person and then within like two seconds yep. He got jobbed out by Styles. Yeah, he he, he, he had his moment, and then yeah, like like that. That's why that sequence happened. <sighs> he got to drop his finisher, uh, or at least the one blessed by Stone Cold on yeah. everyone, and then yeah, and then jobs out. But when he when Riddle got in there, I mean, I've always thought that too. It, it's kind of a neat effect to have, you know, a, a guy who uh, you know he's choosing to wrestle barefoot, so go after his feet. And I mean, and he was I, I Owens is a great worker and. I love the way he went after it. You know what I mean? It, yeah. it just looked vicious. He's just, he just went after his feet. Oh, Riddle sold it fantastic. I mean, it was just it was really good. Yeah, I thought he was pretty good. I was sorry to see him go. I mean, as soon as he came in and he was looking good and he was doing well, I'm like, yeah, he's probably going to get eliminated really quickly because he's do- he's doing far too well for this match. We need to have some more chumps in here, and uh, and so that's the way it worked. And he got jobbed out, and then of course uh, Otis was doing his thing, which was great. But then of course you know he can only get in, he can only look good for so long, and then they they had to get you know Strowman come in and do whatever the heck Strowman does. Well, and- I, I thought the Otis Keith Lee stuff was pretty funny. 
it was it was all right. Like some of it was good, but after a while, it's sort of like okay. Uh, sorry, I can I can only deal with so much fat slow guy stuff. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, not funny, but but just for two big men to go in there and just kind of try to you know shoulder block each other and do all these. Oh yeah. I I, I mean it was impressive. That, that that was a lot of weight flying around the rest. Yeah, yeah. But uh, then so then some of the cool. stuff they were doing like it that works better if you have someone who's big and a smaller person not like right. tiny but i mean someone who's slightly smaller because at least one of them can f- can seem like they're moving quickly when you got two guys like that that big even if they're even if they have light on their feet like both of those guys seem to be pretty light on their feet the effect of like two gigantic human beings moving around even when they're quote unquote and i'm using my air quotes quick on their feet they look slow yeah just yeah. from the size and just from the way it looks. And and that was the thing. And so then, of course, you, you wind up with Uso. And then, I, again, one of those very convenient things where all the raw guys, for whatever reason, ended up huddling up within, like, one square foot of each other mm-hmm. so that Uso could come over and, like, wipe them all out. I was like, oh, how convenient. Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, you know, you get the weird tag thing, which was a theme for the night. It seemed like Vinny, uh, Vince was, or creative team was very big on the idea of, like, oh, people aren't going to see the tag and there's going to be a shady tag and nobody knows who's, and that's going to be the theme for the night because that happened a couple times. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, of course, then, uh, you know, Uso's out. And then we get that weird thing with, like, Heyman, like cutting in through the whole match, like just staring at the TV, which was yeah. So odd. so l- let me give some background on that because that that doesn't make sense unless you understand what what's kind of been going on the last couple of months. So yeah, and and you know this kind of plays into the later match with with Roman Reigns. So so Roman Reigns comes back a couple months ago and he comes back essentially as a heel aligned with Paul Heyman. He is essentially kind of working this this storyline, and and from what I've read, I have because again I have not watched the shows religiously or anything like that. From what I've read, um, Reigns is coming back with this idea of, and, and you heard him talk about this a little bit that he's kind of the tribal chief, you know that, yeah, that he's yeah. kind of dominating the Samoan dynasty. And mm-hmm. he he had two pay per views uh, where he had matches with Jey Uso. Where he essentially gets Uso, um, like like one of the the consequences of the the last match they had, you know, before the Survivor Series pay per view was that um, if he lost, he either joined Reigns in what he was doing, or he or Uso and his family were essentially exiled from the Samoan dynasty, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And Reigns, to his credit, and and I know this is going to pain you to hear me say this. But Reigns, to his credit, has actually been playing a very, very interesting heel character. He is not kind of the vanilla good guy that he was. He's not playing some sort of vanilla bad guy. He is kind of very subtly kind of playing people and, you know, just bringing the right amount of, you know, drama like you heard in in the Drew McIntyre match. He kept he, he wouldn't call him Drew. He called him number two. Because mm-hmm. he, he was number two compared to him. And he just and, and there's a lot of talking in these matches and a lot of emotion and, and you know, these Jey Uso matches, there was a lot of kind of stuff going on. His brother's injured right now. So he would kind of interject himself here and there to, to help his brother. But but basically Jey Uso is trying to earn his way or keep his kind of role in the family, so to speak. And so that's why some of that was being played up is because Heyman's kind of watching him. To see is, well, yeah. is he going to rise to the occasion the way that Roman wants him to, or will he fail? 
And so that, yeah. that's why that was important, if that helps at all. Well, I kind of get that. It's just the, I you know, like it felt like when Heyman was was the man was managing or was you know uh, Lesnar's Brock Lesnar's uh, or I'm sorry, Brock Lesnar's. <laughs> yeah. Jeez, that was like Vince yeah. level right there. Nice. Oh, I think I I, I think I might blow need a vocal extra, cord out or not. I need a little extra bourbon after that one. Oh, that's I bet ooh, you do. So that's rough. Um, yeah, actually, let me take care of that now. Hang on a second. <laughs> Got to tend to business. I want to be in good voice for the people. Um, so I get all that. It was just that when he was Brock Lesnar's advocate or or manager, yeah. he had a certain sort of thing. And here, like the thing is, it's this weird sort of creepy. Like I don't talk a whole lot, even though I'm a talkative mm-hmm. guy, and I'm just going to kind of stare at people and be kind of weird. And I, I, it wasn't. <sighs> It didn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Like, I didn't get much of a vibe there. Yeah, you, you it, didn't. It seems antithetical to every other character Heyman has ever played and to Heyman himself. You, you you didn't see it a lot last night, but what I have seen in clips and, and you know, again, what I've read, this is a different Heyman. This is not a Heyman like he was with Brock Lesnar where he was the advocate. This is Heyman who is with Reigns, but he fears Reigns. Like there, there, there's a little kind of weirdness going on with them, and mm. and not in the sense that he's going to turn on him. That he doesn't quite have control over this guy, and mm. and and that's what's been kind of very interesting with the Reigns character. Is Reigns is playing this very quiet, but very diabolical and very vicious kind of heel character, and 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 you know we'll we'll get to the later match, but. Uh, but I agree. It, it, that aspect of it did not come out last night, you know, because no. he was just kind of watching. And unless you had that context, it really wasn't clear why he was so interested in Uso. But I understand why they set that up, because they put him in an impossible situation so that when Uso had to face Reigns, Reigns was basically like, just just get out of my sight. You know, what I mean, like it just seems like yeah. such a ridiculous situation because who is going to come back from a five on one like that? You know what I mean? Yeah, no, it was yeah, it was kind of lame. But anyway, that was that was a weird thing. Yeah. So so how do you how are you rating this one? Uh, just w- real quick, one last comment. I thought Keith yeah. Lee's spirit bomb of Jey Uso at the end was was j- that just looked nasty. Caught him in midair, yeah, twisted him forty five degrees, and then just dropped him on his head. It was just like yeah, dang. Good lord! That was impressive. Oh I my mean, that, gosh! I, I think I felt that in 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 in, in my core there. Um, I'm going to give this two stars. Uh, it, it was not one of the better Survivor Series matches. Um, I thought there was some good action in it. I liked the Otis Keith Lee exchange. I liked Owens and what he did with Riddle and and his run with the Stunners. Uh, I thought Otis was entertaining and Keith Lee. I thought brought it home, you know, r- really well. But uh, but it, it just was a it, it was a subpar match, so I, I'm giving it two. Yeah, I'm I'm going to join you on that one because uh, for all the reasons that you said, and uh, it just um, honestly, like the the AJ Styles thing, just I I did not get a good feeling from him the entire time. It didn't seem like his work was all that great, and you know, it it, it was just no, the match didn't have a whole lot. It really didn't. No. It had a couple moments, but it really didn't have any it, sort of. It had no drama eh. to it. No drama. Yeah, yeah. I I didn't. No, hook. I did not enjoy. Did not enjoy. No, 
So next up, we have uh, the the beginning of our never-ending series of champ versus champ uh, matches where no titles are on the line, and it's all, air quotes, bragging rights, which, quite honestly, I hated this. Really? I just want... I want to get, not this match in particular, Okay. I hate the concept of, hey, by the way, there's no titles on the line, and it's all about bragging rights mm-hmm. throughout the entire show. Well, you know what? How about you just save this for a Monday Night Raw? Or or have another, like, uh, this is not a pay-per-view. Like, this, you got to have something on the line you gotta besides have some stakes. bragging rights. Like, that's good every so often. That's, I mean, even if that was like half the show, fine. Give me some stakes, though. Because otherwise, everyone just walks away from this like, meh. Well, I, I lost. Oh, well. but And nobody, so everybody gets to go back. I'm like, this pay-per-view really didn't even need to happen at all. Not even not even a little bit. Yeah. Not even a little bit. That was the infuriating thing for me because I didn't quite, I didn't know that going into it. So every time there was like a champ versus champ, I'm like, well, how's this going to work? And they're like, no titles are on the line. I'm like, son of a mother. The only one of these that had that, in, in my opinion, and again, it's because I have this context that, that maybe, you know, I, I don't know if, if you fully got, I mean, they, they probably showed some of the lead up to it. The only match that had that was the McIntyre Reigns match. Because Reigns Reigns did this great job of making McIntyre, they're both world champions for their respective brands, but he did this fantastic job of making him seem like so inconsequential compared to him that there was something to prove. The other ones just didn't have anything. The only thing that I kind of hang my hat on with with New Day and Street Profits was it was kind of that face versus face team where there's the mutual respect going on. You know what I mean? And that kind of and, and it got a little nasty and then in the end they kind of you know show show that respect again. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I I think I think another match had it and we'll get to that. So. Yeah. Uh but so uh Champ versus Champ second match of the night, uh the New Day from Raw, the Tag Champions from there, uh versus the Street Profits from SmackDown, Tag Champions over there. And uh you know, so <laughs> Of course, you know New Day comes down in their whatever freaking. So they're get supposed up, to armor, be whatever. In, I think it's is it called Gears of War or something like that. Uh, I don't. They're, they're, they're supposed to be in a game. video game, and I think that's why they were dressed up that way. Yeah, and that's fine. But then of course we get we get the the, the pre match uh, Street Profits promo backstage where they're essentially killing time while the new day manages to get all that crap off of them and get down to their their ring attire <laughs> yeah so, so you picked up on that huh oh yeah i mean we were just in a holding pattern for like five minutes and and granted it was an entertaining five minutes those guys can can work uh you know work improv and and and, and that was that was actually fairly entertaining although it was the best part was basically they're doing the the turn me up mm-hmm. which is uh, the first thing i thought of was back in like uh the season one of Chappelle's show when they're talking when it was the rapper who's like turn me up my headphones turn me up Turn me up, and it turns out the guy was like he was like three quarters deaf or something. He like you know lost all of his hearing, so he couldn't hear. And that was like his gimmick. He's like, turn me up, and so that, as they're doing that, I'm like, oh my gosh, is is Dave Chappelle getting some getting some change off of this? Is he is he getting some royalties? Oh wait, no, Dave isn't even getting royalties from like the networks that are using his show. Never mind, Dave's definitely not getting street profit money. But that was great. And then of course, then it they go from pivot. They pivot from like talking about themselves to doing like. 
an Undertaker commercial, which I'm like, how does it? I mean, did they yeah. just run out of stuff and they're like, talk about the Undertaker? Okay, sure, why not? And so then finally they get the word that you know, oh by the way, New Day's managed to to like get the junk off of them and they're now ready. They're at the ring, so you guys can go and yeah. they they you know pimp off out of the out of the room. I I am happy now that uh, I've seen. The Skittles commercial with them and Ric Flair now about a billion times, mm-hmm. and so now I actually know who these guys are. Because I before I was like, I have no idea who they are, but they got the smoke. So that hey, good for them. I don't even know what the hell that means because I'm old. So the one thing, the first thing I noticed though, and when when Street Profits came down, because I couldn't really see with with New Day because I mean for crying out loud, with all the apparatus and gear, who know who knew what who knew what the costume was and what wasn't the tag belts. For SmackDown and Raw, yeah. look like the most generic thing imaginable. It looks like a looks like red and blue weight belts that they just put some tin foil on. Yeah, I, I, and I guess it's supposed to be like kind of retro, but it just looks lame to me. No, it, like it, there's the, no definition to it whatsoever. Well, and 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 you know the 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 main faceplate is these two like gladiator helmets and stuff, and I. I, I just wish they would go back to the old school from the from the eighties tag belt. Those tag belts looked impressive. Those well, world tag is, team belts looked impressive, and I don't know why yeah. they had to go and. It's just like wh- why why do you mess with something that doesn't need to be messed with? Well, because Vince hates tag team wrestling, well, and he's doing everything in his power to kill it yep. over the past like forty fifty years, and it just hasn't died. No. Because and part of the reason is guys like this because this was one. Of a match, mm-hmm. like just some of just uh, it was actually so nice to see like a tag team wrestling match yeah. where the teams were actually working as a team. Yeah, I know it's an amazing concept, mm-hmm. but we're actually doing like tag team moves, and oh, um, it was it was great. It was great. Yeah, and 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 if you notice too, that they both had moments of talking smack to each other. Oh, they, yeah, they both got in some good offense. And, you know, to the New Day's credit and, and to the writing team's credit, it, it, it was the right thing to do to, to let, you know, not to let, but to have the Street Profits go over because they're the younger team. You mm-hmm. know, get, give them the W in, in, an, in an inconsequential match like this. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't mean to anything. To showcase them. I had, honestly, I have read about them. I had never seen the Street Profits wrestle. And I was pretty darn impressed with them. Yes, I, I really like, you know, especially the way that they, they, they work the team moves, um, you know, so, some of the, the, you know, just, just the cooperative move set that they would put together with, uh, uh, I mean, I don't know their names, but, what you know, guys coming off the top and the other guy kind of positioning the, the opponent in a certain way yep. to, for the move. I mean, all I thought that I, I thought the match, that, that was one of the, the best, I don't want to, well, I'll say chemistry. I I think chemistry-wise, it was one of the better matches. The moves flowed. The teams worked well together. Um, oh, dude! Do you you remember you remember the uh, Street Profits the move where he basically he ran up his partner to do a flip? Yes, yes. Holy crap! Uh-huh. I was like, I saw that. I damn near came off the couch. I was like, wait a minute, yeah. what happened? Oh, Did I hallucinate that? that? That was impressive. What's in this bourbon? That was impressive. Yeah, that was and that and that's just like one of about uh, there was at least a half dozen of those kind of moments. Not yep. maybe that was probably the most like 
like gobsmacking one, but there was a bunch of moments like that. Like, whoa, right. that was a really good like teamwork sort of move. Yeah, and oh. and and you know, I, I made a note of this, but 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 one of the guys on Street Profits did a frog splash toward the end, which did not yes. result in a pin. But the way that he sold it, oh, my God, gr- you thought he <laughs> well, must have been they- shot by someone. <laughs> Well, they've been he been they've been talking about that as part of the match. Like they were working on his core, and yeah. like it was this whole thing. And then uh, to have it pay off that way, where it's like he in that move, of course, usually uh, sounds like it's a finishing move for him, but he couldn't do it because of the pain and the the engine. Right. And, and they've been working on it, and so that was a great uh, again a great way to continue telling that story. And oh man, and uh, and I thought that I thought the finish for for Street Profits was was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I even I as cheesy as it was, I even liked the whole like respect thing at the end. Uh, it was a great it, it, all it around match. It didn't feel forced. You know what I mean? Like like sometimes no. they try to do that and it just feels forced. But this was a, you know, the the, the new day are you know at their core a very good natured and fun loving team. You know the the street profits guys. Like I said, I haven't watched them enough to know kind of their mo. But it, it just didn't feel forced. It felt like the right thing to do for for that particular match. Yeah, and and just and just going back real quick to that frog splash, RVD yeah. Rob Van Dam used to do that kind of sell job, but not nearly mm-hmm. to that extent. Yeah, like that guy looked like he was ready to just go to the hospital after he yeah. landed that. Thing. He was so. I mean, I, I just just both teams did did such a just a great job. So I I actually gave this one three stars um, because I felt it was a what? step. Yes, I gave it a step up from the Survivor Series match. It was better than it. Uh, I gave it three. Three stars. I gave it three. For that match? For work rate. And, and yeah, I mean, it's like middle of the road. It's not awesome, but it wasn't awful. I don't know. Apparently, you're looking for some mofo to die in the middle of the ring to impress you. Like, good <laughs> Lord. I I give that one four and a half stars. Did, oh, wow. I thought you were... <laughs> See, I thought you were going the other way. Like I overrated it. I'm like, what? No, I I can't wow. believe you rated that three stars. I mean, now granted, I'm probably giving it. I'm probably bumping it about half of a star to maybe a star just based on how craptastic the opening match was, or how not craptastic. It wasn't that bad, but how unimpressive the first match was. But I I I, I thoroughly enjoyed that match. Oh, and we're gonna have words when we get to the main event. I'm sure. <laughs> that was. And I mean that was like from someone I'd never forget not you know not having seen the Street Profits wrestle. I'd only seen him in a Skittles commercial. Yeah. So I mean yeah. my expectations were real low, and I I'm not all that familiar with the New Day. Like I I know a little bit of them, but not much. I am I am happy and impressed to see you being the more optimistic of the two of us. That 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 is a oh, that is a just, change of pace, my friend. Just give it time. Just give it time. <laughs> Don't worry, we get to the main event. I'm sure we'll all make up for it. <laughs> yeah. So so then we get uh, to, oh, look at this. It's another champ versus champ match mm-hmm. with nothing on the line. Uh, and this is Sami Zayn, the inter- intercontinental champion, versus Bobby Lashley, the U.S. champ. And uh, uh, Bobby Lashley uh, accompanied by some friends to the ring, which I, I got to say, Lashley has got himself a great, Entrance, music, visuals, the whole deal. I wanted to ask you what you thought of the Hurt Business because I I have seen them in action, but man, they look impressive walking to the ring. 
Oh, I just love it, and I love that. I love the demeanor of the other guy. I, I have no idea who they are, but the, but the the guys who are around him, mm-hmm. are the just the demeanor of just like quietly just walking up, like, hey, yeah, you might want to get back in the ring, you know? Like they they're not gonna they're not out to like grab a hold of him and pound on on the opponent at any given moment. Like it's they're just there for kind of intimidation and intimidation in that really friendly sort of way yep. <laughs> that makes it even scarier. Yep. Um, and and Lashley, I mean, good freaking Lord. This dude is built like a freaking concrete outhouse. Jeez. I mean, and actually, the thing was, the, the way his boots were kind of styled and just the whole overall look, I was like... Kind of looks like we're getting a little bit of a Zeus redux yeah. here. I don't know. Maybe it's just the fact that he's like jacked beyond all belief. <laughs> I, I, you know, and and it'll be funny for me to say this because it has nothing to do with the wrestlers and or or the match. I was pretty impressed. Um, you know, again, I, I've been away from it for a bit. I was really impressed with how the U.S. title looks. Like that looks like that, a quality title. The, the U.S. title in yes. the past has been like a mini title. Mm-hmm. You know, just it, it's very small. Has not you know kind of. Um, well, you got to upgrade it when you put it on a dude like that, because otherwise, I mean, it'll look like a surreal belt buckle from J.C. Penney exactly. crying out loud. Like Th- that's what you got to have something. That's what the old one looked like. It was so unimpressive to see, and it was so small compared to the Intercontinental title, which is what it's supposed to be. It's, you know, it's it's uh, it's you know equal, and you know yeah. they they went through and they 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 brought you know the Intercontinental title and 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 gave it uh, you know kind of a, a refurbish that looked really good. And I was really happy to see that they, that you know, that they did the same with the U.S. title because it it had looked so unimpressive in the past. But and especially on Lashley, I, he walked out and I'm like, "Dang, that guy looks like a million bucks," you know? Oh yeah, oh yeah, they Dude, they, I mean, they look good. I mean, honestly, that that was a four horsemen quality looking group right there. I I really I was really impressed by that. Woo! Yeah, and I I actually I kind of appreciated. Like the whole shtick with Sami Zayn being kind of the conspiracy guy, yeah. and 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 the and kind of like the cowardly champion. Like I'm kind of digging the fact that like he, every time it would go for a lockup in the beginning, he was like under the ropes and trying to like you know get the referee to back yep. Lashley off. Like he's legit. Like this guy is going to break me. He is going to break me in half. Yep. You know, it's it's like Chewbacca where he's going to rip my arms off and beat me to death with them. That sort of a thing. Yep. And then of course uh, the the commentator, the one that you mentioned. Oh my Corey gosh! Graves? What's his face? Or Samoa yeah, Joe? Him, no, Corey Graves, because he was he was playing along with the whole conspiracy theory, right? Was that yes? Yeah, that yeah. yeah. Else? He, he was he was healing it up. Yep. Yeah, and honestly, like this was actually the first match where I was like, okay, the commentators are on tonight because it was actually really it was really good back and forth from them. Um, yeah. Because otherwise, this this match was just a it was kind of this weird cowardly heel sort of mm-hmm. you know cat and mouse sort of thing. Oh, Zane and, was getting the crap kicked out of him. It was oh, it yeah. was it was hysterical to watch. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, and, and it, but it was it actually was a like a decent story now granted it's not like a, a story like that's a, a grand novel it was like a nice comic book that you sat down you read it and you're like ah that was nice yeah. it yeah. was but it was nice yeah. it was a complete story and it, it you got from a to z and it didn't need to be like war and peace it was just the story that it was and man it was i thought it was really really good and and the, and actually when when lashley went for like the suplex and it had him up in the air I was like, damn, that's some like dynamite kid hang time he's got up yeah. there. Like he's doing the whole just parading his ass around. Mm-hmm. Like, by the way, I could keep him up here for another ten minutes, but Vince is telling us to go home. <laughs> you know? <laughs> <laughs> Woo! 
And I was like, all right, whatever, yep. you know, I mean, and, and so, I mean, even when you get to the end and, and Zane uh, submits, but I mean, it ends up becoming cheap because of distraction and all this other stuff. I was still pretty, I was pretty satisfied with this match for what it was, you know? Nice, nice. So I'm, I'm going to go right out, right out front and say, I gave this one three stars. Really? Wow. You are being the more optimistic of the two of us tonight. Well, I mean, I just, I, again, like it, it wasn't, it wasn't meant to be, you know, yeah. Steamboat Flair. It, that, that's not what it was. Right. For what it was, it was a nice little match that told the story that it was there to tell, you know? Yeah. That's yeah. all it was. And I think they did it in a, in a nice way, and in a, and, and it kind of got both of the guys over. Yeah. Well, I, so I, I ended up giving it two and a half. Wow. So I, I felt it was a little less, you know, again, this is all relative rating here, so... Uh, I felt it was a little less than the Street Profits match. Lashley was great. Zayn was great. But I just felt it was just kind of a, I don't know. There, there was something lacking in the match. You know what I mean? It, this this was just Zayn getting the crap kicked yeah, out of him. Yeah, it was, it was Zayn lacking about 150 pounds of muscle yeah. is what it was lacking. <laughs> Amen. Um, <laughs> hey, look, it's a refrigerator Perry versus a stick figure. I wonder who's going to pull this one yes, out. Yes, yes. So, I, I mean, I, that that's the only reason I went below three was I just felt it was it, it, it was what it was. And, you know, Lashley beat on him. Zane was Zane. He, he was entertaining. But, it, it you know, it just didn't really do anything for me. You know what I mean? Like, I, I thought the Hurt business looked impressive. I thought Lashley looked impressive. You know, like, but but for the match itself, it was just kind of a for me, it was a pedestrian match. You know, but it was at least better yeah. than the Survivor Series match. So, I gave it a little okay. bit of a bump up from that. I thought New Day and Street Profits was better than it, and so that's why that's how I kind of landed there. All right. So then, before we get to uh, the next match, we had another little intercut there with uh, with Roman Reigns talking with Jay Uso, and. Uh, <sighs> Yeah. Again, just weirdness and kind of kind of a bit lame, I thought, and unnecessary and kind of weird and and and, and quite honestly now that Roman Reigns has a part in the opening match, I'm going back and I'm deducting a star from that. So actually, it's one star for the opening match for me just because <laughs> Roman Reigns is now somehow involved with it. So we continue the uh, the 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 in in real time reduction of stars because of Reigns' presence. I love it. It's the Reigns effect. That's what I'm calling right. it. It's the Reigns right. effect. It's you don't you don't get that stench off easily. You just don't. <laughs> um, so so next match. Uh, hey, guess what? This one's Champ versus Champ too. Huh? I know it's shocking. Huh? And and hey, guess what? Hey, when no we, titles are on the line. When, when we faced off in the backyard, was that Champ versus Champ? Oh no, the belt was on the line. Oh, okay, just check. That was a that was a twenty four seven belt. Oh, okay, actually. just just check. And actually, we, that no, that's a little bit later 24/7 on. Twenty four seven is meant to represent how long it took for me to get my air back after I went through. <laughs> <laughs> after I had that rock, you know, landing somewhere in my spines. <laughs> Good lord. Well, you know what? You ought to be thankful for the five or six beers you had before that because you were nice. And, uh, cushion nice the blow. Cushion the blow. When you when you hit the ground, you just kind of jellied. You're like, <laughs> do it. You're just lucky I didn't land a people's elbow, but I didn't have any ropes to bounce off. Yeah, of. well, anyways, you know. 
So uh, next match, champ versus champ. We have Asuka, who is the, the Raw Women's Champion, mm-hmm. and I finally actually remembered to pronounce her name right, uh, versus Sasha Banks, uh, the, the Mandalorian's mm-hmm. Sasha Banks, who is the SmackDown Women's Champion. And, uh, you know... I was hoping for a Bo-Katan run-in, but that did not happen. This is the way. No, no. I, I mean, yeah, I think... I, and, uh, and, and I don't blame Miss Katie Sackhoff. Did not need to be well, there. <laughs> Well, she's been up in Vancouver uh, taping, so I think since she had to go back into quarantine, so that probably just wasn't going to work out. And and she's like, wrestling? Uh, no. Uh, <laughs> Do it. Which, quite honestly, I mean, can't blame her because honestly, when I when I talked to my wife and told her what I was doing last night, that I was watching a, a wrestling pay per view, to then talk about it on my podcast, she gave me the head shake that basically, in without even saying a word, was basically like, "And I married you." Out of all- <laughs> <laughs> Out of all the human beings on the planet, do it. This is how I ended up. Oh, this is how I worked it. That's fantastic. This is how I worked it. The whole my whole life ahead of me, and this is where I'm at. Oh my god! Damn, that's too funny. So, anywho, uh, we have a uh, we have Asuka and Sasha, which uh, this was I I would I thoroughly enjoyed this match. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And, and and number one, the the all of the ground reversals that were happening at the beginning, I was like. Well, would you look at that? Some wrestling, some actual technical wrestling has broken out here, mm-hmm. ladies and gentlemen. Mm-hmm. What is happening here? Which is good because otherwise, I had no other way to describe this other than the battle of the hair dye. Because oh my good lord, there's a there's a couple gallons of that at work here because that <laughs> that shade of, of 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 pink that is Asuka's hair does not exist anywhere in nature outside of cotton candy, and Sasha Banks' hair is like. That is like that's a lot blueberries of blueberries aren't that blue here. Yeah, that yeah, like the blueberry, the 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 girl who in the Willy Wonka in the Charlie Chocolate Factory turned into the blueberry wasn't that blue. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's incredible. Um, but oh my, I, I, this uh, I just thought this was a this is a really good match. Yeah, really, yeah. really, really good match, and uh, and some really hard hits from Asuka. Oh yeah. <laughs> She she Which, and, she and uh, Sasha had some really good matches when they were both in NXT. I mean, Asuka was just you know she's kind of like AJ Styles in, in NXT. Like she's just gold, um, mm. and and she brings that stiffness to it. You know, like like just a lot of stiff shots, kicks. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, the submissions were fantastic. I, I mean, like most of the notes I have are just about how great the back and forth was between the two of them. Yeah, I, and and Sasha Banks was. Mo- I thought. Her thing was really the fact that she seemed like she moved really smoothly. Like everything she did seemed like even when there was a few missed spots or half missed spots, it's, the movement was very fluid. So it actually seemed to, it looked less like trying to compensate than just kind of a natural sort of yeah. way things worked out. If that makes any sense whatsoever. And actually, I the only the only negative thing for me here, okay? And okay, one negative thing and one weird thing. And I just want I want to just say this right now because I just want everybody to know that first and foremost, like when I when I was watching wrestling back in in my younger days in the eighties, like it, there was only like it was like Miss Elizabeth and what like Cindy Lauper, like there I I don't even remember oh rocking uh, like Robin or whatever was like the women's champion for like twenty years yeah. because there wasn't there wasn't another woman on the roster so she had the title and no competition, but there was no women wrestlers and then when we start when I was watching with you in like the late nineties, 
it was essentially like there was no there was really no women's wrestlers then either except for like Lita and then a bunch of ladies who just happened to be uh very well endowed whether naturally or by a surgeon yes. uh and and that was how you got your contract which hey whatever you know you got to eat too so but now to actually have like I am so impressed by the women's matches in every one of these and I'm a broken record because I keep on going back to it but I'm so impressed with the wrestler the 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 women's wrestling division WWE has now because there's so much talent there and they're mm-hmm. so good mm-hmm. and so good like technical wrestlers. Yeah. So when I when I talk about this I want you to know how much I appreciate the the women's division. The weirdest thing to me here what in the living hell was going on with the with the like lower quarter of of Asuka's trunks or, or outfit where it's like it's a black thing but then there's like there's like a bedazzled thong <laughs> on the outside <laughs> I was like I and, and the thing is like every time they're going through reversals and stuff Uncle Todd was I'm distracted like, I'm like what is that like what what I I'm I'm I mean the I I Oh, okay. And then I somehow I got it into my head because again, I just the last time I had seen Sasha Banks was in The Mandalorian, and I honestly I didn't really know all that much about Sasha Banks even before that. So, <laughs> so I was, I, but on her on the back of her trunks, uh, it said I think it says Sasha Banks or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was in the Star Wars font. Okay, I noticed that too. And it, but it isn't. It's not. I, it's I, not. I know. I know. And so I felt horrible because I kept on trying to read it. And then I'm like, I'm trying to read her butt. Like, oh, for crying out loud. Just... <laughs> and I felt horrible because oh, I'm gosh. like, but I'm like, I, I think it might be. And then by the end of the match, I'm like, no, it isn't. Okay. Yeah. And now I feel even more retroactively horrible because it wasn't even what I thought it was. That all being said, I feel like this is confession time now. <laughs> like, How do you really I feel, feel Todd? I I thought honestly this was like so far it was the best match of the night and I, I the back and forth and then the pin exchanges at the end and then and then Banks getting over this was the one match where I actually felt like the bragging rights actually carried some weight yeah. like As- uh, Asuka's reaction and and Sasha's reaction after the match played into that I I I thought it was the best honestly it was the best technical match of the night mm-hmm uh, and just in general, really, and it just yeah, I, I I enjoyed it a lot, and and this is actually the one time where I'm like, hey, I'm okay with no titles being on the line because I actually felt like I got my money's worth out of this match. This is one of those matches where I was not tempted to get up and do anything. I didn't even want to run to the fridge, like which is only like ten feet away. I was like, no, I'm watching the match. So yeah, I'm gonna I'm I'm saying this one is four and a half stars. Wow. What has happened to us? You are like way more optimistic than I am. I I just wow. I I was really impressed by this match and I I real again, it's it's so weird because all of the men's matches, punch kick, punch kick, you know, yeah. fat guy slow moves and all that. The ladies matches, actual technical wrestling happening. Yeah. Like oh my gosh, yeah. like actual moves. Like yeah, it was amazing. A- aside from like the first like minute and a half of the actual uh, Reigns McIntyre match where there was a little bit of technical wrestling and then oh yeah we got to get rid of that yeah. and then they went off and did the normal stuff that you see in like a, a men's wrestling match the women's wrestling matches were very technical it was it was like watching like it was literally like watching Bret Hart and and guys like that from back in the day work mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And I, I was, I really appreciate it. Nice. What? So, so you must be scoring this like what a one point five or something? No, I, I, I did make it a three five. Ooh, I, look at you! I went Big three spender. five because I felt much like you. I, I very much agree with the sentiment that it was at that point, you know, one of the better matches of the evening. Um, I, I thought the, the action was good. I thought there was, you know, some some really tight, you know, punching, kicking, um, a lot of good near pinfalls and submissions. So I, I just went three five because I, I thought it was, thought it was great. Um, you know, but but overall, the event for me is as we've kind of been walking through it, as you've heard, is is just you know just it just kind of lacked a little drama for me. You know what I mean? Like I just I I wasn't mm-hmm. feeling some of the 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 pull that I normally feel in these matches, and so you know some of it may be due to the crowd situation, you know, which cannot be helped because you know I I would certainly not want to advocate for putting people into harm's way when we're in the middle of what we're mm-hmm. in the middle of. And, and honestly, I feel like, you know, WWE, whether they're piping the crowd sounds in or whatever it is oh. they're doing. Um, Do you get the feeling that that's like a, that's just like a dream for Vince? Like now he gets to like. Oh, he has total control at this point. You know, they, oh, they, they'll do my bidding. It. So. Oh, geez. Uh, but no, I, I, I did feel the, the ladies. put and, and so as of right now, this match is one of the higher rated matches uh, of the evening because I, I or my highest rated match of the evening because I felt like it just was that much better. I mean, compared to the men's match, compared to, you know, the tag match and, and compared to the uh, the U.S. title match or U.S. seed match, I just felt like this one was was a step above all those. And so uh, three five it is. All right. Well. I, I do not begrudge you the thing. four or five. It's just you you have been very stingy in the past with the stars. So I'm just I'm, I'm very surprised. Well, and and because a lot of the you know, a lot of the things I've ranted against haven't been involved here yet. I mean <laughs> specifically Roman Reigns. <laughs> <laughs> foreshadowing uh so uh next up now when do we have the when was the gobbledygooker thing when did that happen was that was that after this match i missed that I felt like it was I, so i was behind you know i started watching well after it started and i was kind of skipping from match to match so i really wasn't watching the in-between uh, stuff. okay so I, you didn't miss much so i mean we had the return of the gobbledygooker i the dude in the am happy that outfit. i didn't see that because that character does nothing for me well, you missed out though because apparently uh, then uh, the gobbledygooker on the pregame pinned our truth for the twenty four seven belt. All right, that makes sense. And then our truth snuck in as like you know well, a cleaning no, person. So, so then then the then someone else snuck out of like a of like a like a touring road case or a big box behind the gobbledygooker after they after they led like a a a trail of bird seed to a pile of bird seed and then snuck out and then pinned the gobbledygooker and then so they won and then our truth snuck up on that guy hit him with a bag of bird seed and then he became the 24/7 champ for like the 78th time or something like yes. that and and then he took off and the gobble, gobbledygooker and the other it, uh, yeah it was it was it was entertaining for about the 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 2 minutes that they put it on and that was the perfect length <laughs> good lord anywho i just figured i'd throw it out there and and so schoolboys employed everywhere correct uh, that, 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 yes as a matter of that's fact that's about the only way you get a 24/7 championship pin is the schoolboy unexpectedly well, it's. I mean, hey, it's. It's. If it works, it works. 
And and thank God because it ain't getting used anywhere else these days. No. Which actually wasn't it? Isn't that how um, a Terry Funk won the ECW World Championship? Like on their first pay per view, I think so. Yes, it was a school, but it was like the most unhardcore possible move possible yes. after like an hour long match. Yes, yep, yep. <laughs> Which makes a whole lot of sense because it's like, dude's been wrestling for how long, and like just that night, and at that point is tired <laughs> and beat up. It's like that's it. That's all I got. Yep. I'm gonna roll. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. We're done. <laughs> oh man. All right. So that brings us to our next match, which the uh, which is the women's Survivor Series match, which pitted uh, Nia Jax, Shayna Baszler, Lacey Evans, Peyton Royce, and Lana for the Raw team versus Bailey, Bianca Bel- Belair, Ruby Riot, Liv Morgan, and Natalia for the SmackDown team. <sighs> so. Let me just get this out of the way first, because we've already covered the fact that uh, women's matches are definitely more technical than the men's matches. I think the fact that Bailey has been at the level that she has and has held the title as long as she has and all of that is almost as big of a mystery as how Bob Backlund held the world championship for as long as he did. I do not understand this. Mm-hmm. I don't. Un- I don't get it. I. I don't understand. I mean, I. I'm sure Bailey is a lovely person. I. I like, and I'm not going to get on that personal level. I just don't understand it. Like the character does nothing for me. I don't think that she's that fantastic of a worker. And I like. To me, I. I just get go away heat. Like I. I. I that's just me. I don't get it. I just don't get it with her. Can you can you help me with this? Yeah, so so she has been so she was a very 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 vanilla kind of baby face for a long time. You know, she had these like, you know, it was, it was very kind of kid oriented almost to a degree. She's part of that that the 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 fabled four horsewomen of of NXT. So she she came up with Charlotte Flair, Sasha Banks, and Becky Lynch. And the, Speaking of which, where was Charlotte Flair through this thing? So Charlotte Flair has been uh, recouping from, uh, I think she had some surgeries uh, to, okay. to repair some stuff. And then Becky Lynch is pregnant right now, so she is on, yeah. on the cusp of having her first child. Now, now who's her, who, who's, who's, uh, are they married? Or, I, I, I don't know. Who's who's her, who's her dude? Uh, uh, Seth Rollins. Okay. And maybe that's the reason why he's like all zonked <laughs> out. Maybe he's been... Late night runs for Ben and Jerry's Could and be. Pickles. I don't know. Could be. He's, I mean, he's staying up late, building the crib. You know what I mean? He's, he's uh, getting ready. Uh, um, I remember those days. I mean, it'd be even more understandable if they'd had the baby. And that point, I'm like, oh, I totally get absolutely. that. Because that was me. So only time, only time my, my wife has ever seen me cry. Like, I'm talking like cry not like a not like a tear at the end of rocky or anything like that you know because now i've gotten i've gotten a little bit more weepy as i've gotten older but when i'm talking about crying i mean just weeping was when i was sleep deprived when our daughter was like only a couple months old and like i hadn't slept more than like five hours in a week because it was like croup and cough and this and that and the other and i was just and my wife is standing in the door i remember plain as day my wife is standing in the doorway to her daughter's room. Our daughter is in a crib crying, and I'm just on my knees in the middle of my daughter's room, just like, why does she hate us? <laughs> <laughs> oh, good Lord. And my oh. wife just had this look on her face like, oh, damn, he broke. <laughs> he snapped. <laughs> he snapped. 
it was a good run, but <laughs> <laughs> think I might have to take him to a home somewhere. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> That, Give him a whole bunch of meds and ice cream and just that is <laughs> let him get taken funny. care of. Oh my! Gosh. But anyways, so uh, anyways, so, so okay. Yeah, Bailey so. is actually coming off a a a uh, very well paid off storyline with Sasha Banks, where Bailey had basically ran up this this streak with the title through the typical heel chicanery. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, she she changed over uh, about a year, year and a half ago from from the vanilla baby face to the diabolical heel, and she was winning very cheaply. And you know, she like last year. You remember? I think the Survivor Series match was her and Becky Lynch and Shayna Baszler, and, yeah. and that ended with you know more of a focus on Lynch and Baszler than on Bailey. Um, mm-hmm. You know, but but she she played the heel role very well to the point of of when Sasha finally got the win, it actually like meant something. You know what I mean? Like, like mm-hmm. they, they just th- that was a rare case of WWE building the story the right way and paying it off. Uh, you know, just at the right time. So there is some context I think you're missing. You know, from from you know her and you know she was clearly doing the AJ Styles bit with trying to be the captain. You know, making you know making a big deal out of it. Um, yeah, you know, she had that stupid armband on that said, you know, Captain, uh, or whatever, and, kept, <laughs> and she and kept, kept pointing to pointing it, to it. <laughs> like ad nauseum. So, so here's the thing, though, and I, I get where you're, I get where you're going with this, and I, and I do know that I'm missing some context here. The thing is, I don't think that I think a good performer and a good storyline doesn't necessarily require a ton of context. Like in a movie, like you don't. Uh, like you go back to say you know Spider-Man: Far From Home, or you know even you know or, or any, any movie where they decide not to do the normal kind of origin story, and they just kind of assume like okay, you're going to pick it up, that sort of thing. Like, and you can work that in. You can you can make that happen as long as you tell the rest of the story right, and people will pick up as much as they need, and they just kind of go with it. And the same with like the whole Oscar Sasha Banks thing. Like I don't know the history between these two i just got what the commentators told me that apparently you know sasha's never been able to get a win over oscar all right fine and the and the and the competition was good enough and the work was good enough and all of that and their and the way that the characters interacted was good enough that i got all of that through the match well be, I didn't, because it I didn't was a need one-on-one to... match right you're, you're, well, you're but trying I, to get the same the, the, well, no, no, and here's here's what I'm trying to get at though. Is like even in the glimpses, yeah. uh, and and what I've seen because I've seen her last Survivor Series, and then what we watched uh, was it Royal Rumble or um, yeah WrestleMania. Yeah, Ro- Royal Rumble was the last event we we did. A okay, episode. and and she was in that too, I believe. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, but each time, like I don't get a, that's the thing. Like I don't get a whole lot from her. Like I just I don't I, can I don't see that. get I mean, a lot I, I, from I can't, her. I can't argue that. You're, you're absolutely and right. And it's like if you're not gonna show if you're not gonna show me something in a pay per view, that's sort of like the whole thing with Heyman. And like I, I get I maybe I get that, but you gotta give me a little hint of that during the pay per view. You gotta give me something instead of like, oh well you needed to watch the last four months worth of T V. Well, if you if you're not giving it give me enough to at least kind of catch on or to, to understand it, like are you really doing that good of a job? If you need to spend all that time? I don't know. That's just me. No, and and I I get it. And you're right. You know, you shouldn't need to rely on that. But I will say that she has had some excellent one-on-one matchups in the past, and you have only seen her in group settings. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, you've only seen her in a triple threat where she wasn't featured. 
You saw her mm-hmm. at Royal Rumble where she wasn't, you know, she was in the midst of a scrum of, of a bunch of other women wrestlers. Um, mm-hmm. I have seen her in NXT. She and Sasha Banks had some amazing matches in NXT, and I'm sh- and I did not see the match where Banks won. I only read mm-hmm. about it, but I I have full confidence that the two of them, and, and maybe that's more of a nod to Banks than to her. I I, I don't know. You know, I mean, I mm-hmm. I'll I'm saying this, but I do understand where you're coming from because she does not do much for me either, as far as. Mm-hmm you know, work rate and as far as excitement goes, you know what I mean? Like I, yeah. I don't, you know, I look at some, I look at Oscar who, you know, I really haven't followed her as a wrestler for really much of her career other than when she was in NXT and, and a bit when she came to the main roster. But I know going in that every match, she just brings out the best in the people she fights, you know, and, and Bailey, she can go, but I just, I, I don't know, you know, in, in, in last year's survivor series, if she was, as good as I'm claiming her to be, then she would have stood out on her own in some way. But it was really yeah. Lynch and Baszler. And and yeah. she was almost an afterthought. So in in a way, I get what you're saying. In another way, it could be not seeing her a lot in those one-on-one settings has kind of colored the uh, the opinion a bit. But Well, at the same time, I don't think I've really seen Becky... I, I, I know I haven't seen Becky Lynch in anything other than those settings. Like Survivor Series and then Royal Rumble, and that was it. Oh, that's then I true. Think I, yeah. But to me, Bailey is very meh, which is like the worst possible thing. Yeah, yeah. The wor- I mean, even like my 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 genetic hatred of of Corbin and Roman Reigns and and other and other performers I've seen. At least that's better than just being like meh. I don't really care at all. Like I don't care what you do, what you, what you're doing. Like you don't, you're not giving me any reason to care. You're not giving me any reason to really like you. You're not even giving me any reason to really hate you. You know, nothing. Like I'm just sort of, eh. Well, you're there. I kind of, I kind of wish someone else was there because I'm pretty sure almost anybody else would give me a reaction of some kind. Whereas for you, it's like, eh, okay. Right, right. They've got like a 98.6 body temperature. Sweet. Yeah. I, I don't know, but so, anyways, uh, not to, not to get into a fifteen minute dissertation on Bailey. I don't know. I don't know why. I mean, I guess maybe, Uncle Todd maybe there had is next something to grind there. And grounded, he did. Well, maybe maybe there maybe there is something there. Maybe it just uh, maybe it's like you're saying because I'm not seeing her in a one on one situation that it's not clicking or whatever. But anyways, the thing that was was very strange for me is this whole Lana thing. <laughs> okay, because I, it's I knew just, you were gonna go there. It's just weird, and and it's kind of one of those things. It's one of those deals where it 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 it, it breaks the what little suspension of disbelief that you have going in professional wrestling, anyways. Okay, I mean we all know the whole score on here, but I mean you you have to have a certain level of disbel- suspension of disbelief just to kind of make the whole thing work, even on the level that it does now. Now that like kayfabe is not a huge thing and all that. But when they're having like the little four woman huddle in the back hallway and Lana's like five feet away and they're having those discussions and she's looking over there all like puppy dog and and pitiful. And then she comes out and she's all happy and stuff until she gets down to the ring. And then it's the same sort of thing. Like that's just not realistic. It's sort of like when they had the stand up with 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 uh, Reigns and, and Uso and they're not actually looking at each other. They're both looking kind of like in a direction that is good for the camera. I'm like, that's not how real people talk. 
it's just it's it's one of those deals where it's like that just t- takes me out of whatever moment we could have had. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's just weird. Mm-hmm. It was just weird, and I I I was hoping that when they when she got her inadvertent tag when she like tagged herself in. I was hoping that would kind of start with something, but then they just kind of exiled her to the stairs yeah. and she just stood there yeah. forever and ever and ever. It was weird. And then it got it got to the point when she was there where it was just uncomfortable where I'm like, you know what? I don't feel like this is an area that WWE is really entitled to speak on. <laughs> like I'd, this weird sort of like bullying sort of thing. I don't know. This is really, yeah. I'm not, I'm not really sure you guys are good to be talking about this mm-hmm. and, and this is a, a spot you want to be in. Anyways, I don't know. It, this match I thought was okay. Uh, I thought I think it, was it was better it was, than the men's Survivor Series. Well, I mean, yeah, Al Snow versus like you know Two Cold Scorpio is better than the men's Survivor Series. I would have, I would have rather seen those two guys now, like with walkers coming down <laughs> than the than the opening match. As a matter of fact, you know you what? See two, we're gonna go Two Cold come down dressed like the Godfather. That's what you want to see. We're we're actually gonna. I'm going back and I'm retroactively. I'm giving that negative two stars. Oh, good lord! And there it is. My God, he broke nope. out the gimmick from last year. The retroactive nope. star. Plumbing. No, it's done. Yep, because you know what? The more I think about it, that was a turd. So uh, this match, however, was not as bad. So you 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 are correct. It was not as bad, um, and it had its moments. There was one thing where they they tried to set up a superplex, and it took. <laughs> this is the one part of of some of these uh, of some of the of the. In this match in particular, there was a couple times when it seemed like it took way too long to set up a move, mm-hmm. and it became really obvious that they're trying to set up a move instead of it just kind of being fluid, um, which was a bummer. Uh, but that that other, otherwise aside, I was I liked how uh, Natalia eliminated Royce uh, with the the sharpshooter, mostly because I'm like, I don't know who Peyton Royce is, so the sooner we can just get her out of the way and like get get people I know in here. Although she had, uh, Royce had a couple moments, but you know. I think it was I, Royce I, that did that Spanish fly maneuver, which looked pretty cool. Uh, um, No, because that was afterwards. Uh, so that was after she had been eliminated. Oh, oh that um, wasn't that was on, okay. I, I thought she had done no, the Spanish that was, fly. I, I thought Lacey Evans' finisher was weak and the, no, Lacey, Lacey Evans is actually the one. She was involved in that. I can't remember who else was yeah. involved in that, though. Yeah, the women's right. I was like, what the? What kind of like low-rent Superman punch ripoff is that? I mean, you're ripping off a crappy move to start with. Like, that's not going to work. Well, th- there was uh, a period you know? of time when her character was doing because because the, the person playing Lacey Evans, she was at one point, I think, uh, in the military, and they were trying. She to, was a Marine, wasn't yeah, she? They, they were trying to play that up, and they were kind of doing this old. Um, and I, I, you know, well, yeah, she was doing like the pinup thing. Yeah, and, where, and, you know, like yeah. like like the lady who would flex from the World War Two, you know. Uh, yeah, posters. which is is so weird because it, this is like one of those things where they're trying to layer so many different gimmicks on top of each other. Because yes. it's like, oh, she's a pinup. No, she's a badass, and she's a she's a Southern belle. And I'm like, can you pick one? Right, like, like they, they went that path with, Yeah, they went that path with her for a period of time, and then they've they've clearly switched back to the Southern belle thing again. So yeah, when 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 she threw the right hand and they're like, oh, it's the woman's right. I'm like, oh, good uh, God. <laughs> yeah. Jeez, oh, yes. Do we need just. to do this? Oh, uh, but I, I mean, other than you know that, I I thought the action was really uh, was was much better than the men's Survivor Series. Mm. I thought Ruby Riot facing Nia Jax just looked wrong. I mean, like. Like Nia could have broken her in half. <laughs> She's just yes. so small. Which, 
Okay, so two things there. So this is this is actually the big problem with Nia Jax is the fact that nobody can physically compete with her. Yeah, yeah. Nobody, and it's kind of the same with the the same in a different way with Charlotte Flair in the women's division. Mm-hmm. Like, she is so good and so imposing. Like, it's not realistic why she wouldn't just have the belt and never lose it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's and it and, and in the same way somewhat the same way, except in much more of a physically imposing thing for Nia Jax. And it's kinda like an Andre the Giant sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Like if you give Andre the belt, how do you get it off right. of him? Right. Ever. Because I mean, there's no women on that roster who can compete with her. None. Right. Now, I I thought they did the right thing with Jax and Riot, the you know, the back and forth with Riot getting dominated. However, I did like the Riot squad versus oh, Jax. the tag. Oh, the quick tags and use like actually using like the five count and the tag. Oh, now, that was freaking if I if I dare use this 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 name from the past, there were hints. I will not say it was a replication of, but I will say there were hints mm-hmm. of Terry Blanchard and Arn Anderson, because when when uh, Riot I'd... and and Liv Morgan were doing those frequent tags and working her legs and working her over, I was like. That is like four horsemen <laughs> level stuff going on there. I I really liked it. I thought that was fantastic. And and I, this is totally just because of one move, but I I was getting some I was getting some rocker vibes because of yes. the, especially the the missile drop kick that came from like halfway across the freaking ring. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. oh my god, that was some distance to cover. Yep. Like I I was really enjoying that part of the match when it was Nia Jax cut and again like cutting the ring in half, going old school, like so much more technically minded than anything the guys were doing, and and actually like using wrestling moves and the quick tags and like actually making some progress on this you know this indomitable giant of a woman who could just impose her will and they and they managed to make that work and that was great. Now. The problem is the match did have to end, and the way that they ended it, um, how can I put this? Uh, it was a stinking pony loaf. I <laughs> hated the end of this match. Oh boy! I mean, not quite as much as I've hated Roman Reigns in the past. I but close. You didn't find and the irony of Lana standing there being kind of the sole survivor with no real no. Okay. No. So here's here's the thing. I give the match three and a half stars. However. Mm-hmm. I give the finish a minus seven stars. <laughs> Do it. I hated the finish that much okay. because the thing is, you could have had that go any other way. I but the fact that Lana's just standing there and they don't have this, it's the there was like no payoff for the bully. No, it wasn't because there was there was no real payoff payoff or comeuppance for the bully. Because the comeuppance for the bully again, there's no there's nothing on the line. It's not like a championship was lost. It's not like anything. There was any stakes whatsoever. Friggin' ever. But it's insulting in to Nia. All. It's insulting to Nia Jax that she was eliminated. Well, and who who gives a damn? Because uh, at the at, at the end of the day, she's going to go backstage and smack Lana around. Or I mean, <laughs> in a, in. Seriously, like, who's going to ever stop this woman from doing anything? Like, what's the real payoff or comeuppance? Nothing. Nothing. So that was the aggravating thing for me. I I really like the match. I hated the ending. Uh, If if I can go back just a little bit, one thing I I thought was kind of cool was the Basler riot exchange. Um, I I really like the fact that they had that back and forth and that, um, you know, Riot was showing some fire trying to break out of the submission, but ultimately... Uh, passed out and then got pinned 
uh, because she passed out. I, I thought that was just kind of a, a, a you know just a nice effect, you know, not having it be a, a, a vanilla submission and and just have it be kind of a submission that led to a pinfall. You don't see that very often in matches, and I, I just thought it was a well didn't interesting touch to to put on it. And then didn't Bezo get eliminated because she didn't break the hold? Yes, a, yeah, they they, they broke out happens. they broke out the five count. They do that every once in a while. Um, five counts there; it's rarely enforced. And uh, in this case, uh, Basler, uh, you know, just just held on too long. Now, so we've got we had a count out, we had a sole survivor, we had a a uh, disqualification due to not breaking the hole. That, ladies and gentlemen, is a trifecta. Ah, so there we go. Salute. If if you were if you were following along, uh, drink, and yeah. So and the great thing about Survivor Series is it used to be on like Thanksgiving night, yes, uh, Eve. Yes. So you you might have a chance of and with this one really you should have had a full belly because I mean good lord if you weren't drinking heavily by <laughs> the time the main event hit. Uh, but but so how'd you rate this one? Yeah, so so basically, uh, I I was with you on this one. I I was also three and a half stars. I thought the action was much better. Um, even though uh, there there wasn't you know there were there were some stories kind of going on, but but I felt the women really brought the drama. Um, brought some great action. Um, just some really good good notes in this one, and and some really cool. Um, you know, just uh, Bianca Belair was fantastic. I mean, I mean, they, they all were fantastic. They all had their moments to shine. Didn't feel forced. Didn't feel like it was run of the mill. And so I, I just felt it was it was a, a definite step up from the men's. Um, thought it was on par with Oscar Sasha Banks. So I, so I gave it three five. Wow, I I wouldn't quite be bold, that bold as far as like on par with Oscar and Sasha Banks. But hey, whatevs. All right, so this brings us to our main event. And in case you uh, didn't hear it in my voice, I was using air quotes because this is not actually the main event of the night, even though they're billing it as such. So this is Roman Reigns, the Universal Champ, versus Drew McIntyre, the WWE Champ. And if you can't tell, I'm super excited oh, about this come match. Come on, man. Let me tell oh, you. Here we go. So first of all, I, again, I even even after your context, I'm not digging Paulie's gimmick of basically just his entire gimmick is a creepy stare at Reigns, which I can't I can't tell if like he's a stalker, if if I mean maybe he's scared of him like you like you said, and he's scared to take his eyes off him. If Paulie is heavily medicated, I don't know. I don't know. And then, of course, the fact that it takes, like, Roman Reigns approximately 20 minutes to get to the ring. I was waiting for them to just bring out, like, one of those, like, the little carts on the forklift like they used to have for Andre just to get him there. I'm like, <laughs> somehow, like, why is it taking you this long? You are a healthy human being. Get yourself to the ring. Come on. And then McIntyre comes out. And he goes to do the whole like, oh, and this is a sword that his his you know grandfather gave him. I'm like, okay, whatever, yeah, whatever. And he goes and he shoves it in the stage, and he and I think he missed or it went sideways. The whole thing was, ah! and <laughs> that was kind of that was not a badass moment. And then of course they both get to the ring, and they're staring at each other, and moving around and staring. At, it was like ten minutes from the time to win this match. Like they started the introductions. Till we even got a lockup. Mm -hmm. Are we going to stand around here all day? 
or are we going to fight? And the problem here, ladies and gentlemen, is you're trying to manufacture this this drama and this tension. And you know what? If you got to manufacture it, you ain't got it. You ain't got it. You're trying to manufacture emotion that ain't there. If you're trying that hard, it it's not working. And um and oh my gosh, I I was just at a point where I'm like, are you guys gonna? Are, is there gonna be a fight at all? Or are you just gonna stare at each other? Did I miss it? Was this advertised as a pose down or a stare down? Like what is this? I mean, it was a slow start. Uh, I don't know. Maybe you can help me with this. I mean, I, I kind of, it pains me to say this. I kind of like Rain's new gimmick. <laughs> wow. Oh, boy. But, but it's missing something. It's just missing something. Like, I don't, I don't really buy this viciousness. I, I don't really buy it. I, I like I get like with the fiend, like kind of what they're going with with that character where it's like vicious, but then we'll take a big beating and then come back like it's just this kind of weird sort of character. I, like I don't get what Roman Reigns character is as a heel. I get that he's supposed to be the bad guy. I just don't I'm not buying it completely because he's just not bad enough. He's and he's just not, and it goes back to kind of what I was saying about Bailey and all that. Like, if I'm not getting it in this match, are you really getting it ever? ever? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So uh, maybe I'm missing the entire boat here, but I just, as much as I I like him better this way than as a as a as a face. I mean, good lord, at least he's somewhat interesting now, as opposed to like, hey, as a cardboard cutout that can move, you know? Oh, and and he's got apparently he has a prescription for HGH. Great for him, but. Now I'm like I just I don't I don't buy him as like this vicious monster that they're trying to build him as. I'm like you're not I'm not seeing it in the ring. Okay. Help me. Help me here. Am am I missing something? I I I, I do think you're suffering from not having seen his work over the past couple months. And fair enough. I mean, I could see that. And yeah. the 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 build to where he is now where he is this very arrogant, very controlling kind of character uh, where he is putting his own family into, uh, you know, making some some choices that go against their moral compass, if you will. Uh, mm-hmm. he, he, is, he, he is not vicious in the way the Fiend is vicious, but he is vicious in a very subtle way. And he did the same thing to McIntyre leading up to the event where he very much downplayed him. He would not call him by his name. He simply referred to him as, as my number two, meaning you are beneath me. And and not that that matters in the context of the match, but you would hear him talk during the match as, as he was beating Drew down that this is why you're the number two. You know, and he's like, come on, number two. You know, like he's just like, like, like this is kind of becoming a thing with his matches, like, this happened in the Jey Uso match, both of these matches, where there, there's like a dialogue going, almost like a Luke Vader sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And um, I kind of came away, came away with a different feel for this match because I just felt that the the chemistry that these two guys have, if they were actually kind of put into a you know title like real stake sort of situation, could could turn into something pretty pretty incredible. McIntyre for me, 
I don't know what he did over the last five years. I mean, th- this was a guy who who was, for all intents and purposes, a jobber at one point uh, as part of the, uh, the 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 3MB group with with him and um, Heath Slater and uh, one other guy. I'm, I'm forgetting his name. And you know, McIntyre transformed himself physically. He transformed himself as as a worker. To the point where now he's a guy who, you know, he looks taller and bigger than than Brock Lesnar. He stands up and he looks taller and bigger than Roman Reigns. And I just felt like the two of these guys, and I said this to you in the pre-production meeting, and I'll say it again so that you can go ahead and utter your line, but I thought this was two hosses just hauling off and beating the heck out of each other, and it was fantastic. By God, is that JR's music? <laughs> Two hosses. That's right. These two guys were beating the tar out of each other. It was amazing. It's fantastic. You're you're from New Hampshire. You're not allowed to say hosses with a straight face. Well, it's meant to emphasize the action that we were witnessing because the two of them. Right now, there's a good old boy in Texas who is hopping in his truck and he's driving to Chicago to beat your ass. He's bound down. Well, that's that's actually more north, but <laughs> no, he's heading east because he he wants the good stuff. Oh, okay, I got gotcha. you. Well, you know, all right, got gotcha. you. No, I I just thought this was a great um and and kind of the the overarching storyline in all this is you know back at the Royal Rumble, Drew eliminated Roman, so yeah. this was kind of a you know kind of evening of of the score, so to speak, with Roman picking up you know the the, the win here. But but the the physicality and just the uh, beating the two of them, you know, it, yeah, it, it started out with headlocks. It started out a little on the slow side, but you know, I, I think a lot of matches, you know, I, I if you go back and watch, for example, CM Punk and John Cena, which is heralded as 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 a just an amazing wrestling match, they started out the same way: headlocks and and rest holds and a feeling out kind of phase in the match, and then they get into more of their uh, typical repertoire, you know, that, that, that they work into. And, you know, not that I felt that Drew and Roman worked into a repertoire per se, but they were, they were just beating the hell out of each other. You know what I mean? I mean, it was, it, it looked like a very physical, you know, when you have two guys that are the size of, of these two, two gentlemen that they were just going at it. And, you know, I, I just felt, uh, you know, there, there was just a, a, a physicality to their match that was lacking in all of the other matches. I mean, it just, it stood out to me. Yeah. So, although so, th- so that- that's what I kind of glommed onto, and, and and I thought it was a really interesting kind of test bed of a match for what could be a potential WrestleMania main event at some point. You know, between these two, like if if you slow burn. <sighs> um, but but that that that's me being probably overly optimistic as I typically am. See, the thing is, I get the physicality, and that was that's a good part of the match. True. Yeah, that was. The problem I have is though these two guys aren't that different. They they really aren't that different in what they do, in their their move set, in their in their strengths, in how they operate. They're really not it's 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 like watching the same guy wrestle against the same guy in a lot of ways. The one thing I wish Roman would eliminate is the Superman punch. Oh good. I, I think I yeah. now I don't know if you noticed this. And, and, and well, you, you must have noticed it because it was the ending of the match. But the one, one thing I, I really like that he's doing now is he's really going to that guillotine 
submission. Oh, I hate that. I hate Why? that. Why? Here's the thing. Oh, okay? come on, man. Here's the thing. It's the same thing with the mandible claw. How come I just don't bite your fingers off? Now, at least with the mandible claw, you can go into this whole thing about how it's a nerve pinch and this and that and the other. It's a chokehold. He puts this. He puts a. He puts the guillotine on. Now, first of all, in order to do this, he has to jump up on the dude, get into like a reverse headlock sort of whatever, and then he wraps his legs around the other guy's waist. He's got all his weight on him at that point. First of all, oh, good Lord. this should be called like the Shannon Tweed for like oh. all those uh, uh, serious. Can I quote I mean, come on. the Gorilla Monsoon, the great Gorilla Monsoon, and say, "Will you stop?" Okay, now the the logical part. If you're the other dude, you got this guy hanging on you. Fall on him. But he's choking fall you. He's choking the you. The f on top of him. It's the same principle of like, oh, the dude is on your back. You run into the turnbuckles. You know, you you try and beat. You use your weight to push that person to like into a, into a situation where they are they are getting hurt more than than you are being hurt. Or for instance, like whenever you know, like uh, like the whole thing with mankind when he or actually it wasn't. Anyways, someone you know, you hop on the guy's back and they just they just like fall on their back, like all their weight onto you. Fall on the person. But but and and you're you're gonna slam all of your weight down onto that person. But the pro- there's there's no reason why there's no reason why that person should just stand there like a doofus and be like, oh, he's hanging on me. What am I gonna do? Like, fall on him, you dummy. Well, but there's no logical reason why that shouldn't be the go-to move. But don't you think that if you fall forward though, like if Drew falls forward, right? Now mm-hmm. Reigns has all I, like if if you try to apply like UFC mentality to this, if Drew mm-hmm. falls forward, then yep. the guillotine now has like Reigns has more leverage on him. Mm, not really because he's if, on if his you, back. If you assume again, again, and and I'm I'm sorry, I'm taking some liberties here, like pretending this is real. Uh, if if Reigns is on his back and Drew has fallen forward. Now mm-hmm. Reigns has all the leverage because of where his legs and where his arms are, and he can choke him even further. The only thing McIntyre could really do is turn that into a Northern Light suplex where he goes the other way. That's how you would break out of it. Like tur- yeah, turn really, it around on Reigns and throw him backwards, as opposed to but falling. You can't throw forwards. him because he's he's got his legs wrapped well, around but, you. Okay, but then there's the rub, right? Now you've no, it isn't the rub. You fall the f on him, and you break the hold. You don't you break the hold some... that way, my man. It's, you get choked. Yes, you do. You get choked, and okay. then you, you pass out. Do it. So, so here's the deal. So now you're telling me that 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 rock bottom I gave you in the backyard that was real, baby. <laughs> you're telling me that doesn't like it's a believe same me. Principle. I'm still feeling it in my hips. You're just slamming that person down, like in the physics of of of, of professional wrestling. I, think I just lost my you wind find, again. You could well, good. You deserve it. You, you in the physics of of professional wrestling. Oh my god, that works. <laughs> and there's no good reason why you're going to stand there like a doofus with this dude hanging on you, going, <laughs> "What do I do?" I think you. Uh, I think you underestimate the, the physics of the. Move. No, you. 
It's not underestimated. It's it's two hundred and sixty some odd pounds landing on top of you with force. It's the same principle as like when you give a person a like a body slam or a power slam or anything else. It's your momentum and your body weight falling on that person. It's the exact same thing. Rather than just hanging there like an idiot, going, "What do I do? What do I do? Fall on him! Fall on that doofus!" And you move on. Instead, they're like, oh, my gosh, it's locked in now. He's not going to do nothing. I'm like, you can fall on him. I can't wait to hear your star rating on this match. <laughs> I just, I, like, I, I don't oh, no. see that as an improvement over the Superman punch. Like, if that's your improvement, just pack it up. Just pack it up. I, I view it similar to what The Undertaker used to do when he, he employed the uh, the triangle choke. You know, granted, he was on his back. Granted, he wasn't, like, wrapping himself around his opponent, but... I, I do feel uh, I, I have a different opinion when it comes to to the guillotine that Reigns put on. I, I thought it was a well done UFC style uh, move that that there there is not an easy way out. I know you think there is, but I feel differently. Um, you fall on. I know. Him. Well, here here's where I'm going to in, in, incur the wrath of of Uncle Todd because I am going to go and and go forth and say uh based on the physicality and the action in this match and just where i i, I just saw it i i felt this was a four-star match there i said it. you're dead to me <laughs> i nearly spit out my seltzer when you said that <laughs> good <laughs> what did you give it i give this one star oh come on and here is my reasoning okay. Number one, we were baited and switched into being this, this, is, this is a main event. It ain't the main event. The Undertaker tribute that happens after this is the main event. Okay. This it's your two is, world champions, though. It's, it's with absolutely nothing on the line. Nothing. Nothing. Nothing but bragging rights. I'm not even gonna. I'm not even gonna use air quotes on that because, quite honestly, it just doesn't even deserve. It doesn't even deserve the legitimacy of an air quote. That's how piss poor of the bragging rights are with this. Like it, th this match meant nothing. Like these guys are gonna each go back to their own corners, and it ain't gonna mean nothing. They both have a belt. They're both still top dog in their in their little ends of the WWE world, and everything keeps continues to function the same as it was before. And quite honestly, it's the same as like. It's like Star Wars Episode One. You don't need that. I mean, almost every match in in this entire pay per view doesn't matter if it happens or not. I would have rather that we gotten like a full on like Larry Bird style night for the Undertaker as a pay per view. I would have been happy with that. Instead, like we have all these matches that, with the exception of the the Oscar Sasha Banks match, the the bragging rights thing didn't feel like it meant a damn thing. And this one especially, like as a main event, you got to have, give me something on the line other than just bragging rights. Like what kind of crap is that? I don't care if it's not WrestleMania. I agree. This is this is still one of the big four pay-per-views, or it should mean something because, you know, it used to be WrestleMania, SummerSlam, Royal Rumble, and Survivor Series. And you know what? Survivor Series right now might as well just not exist. They might as well just rename this thing because you're not doing Survivor Series matches anymore. The ones that you do do are so piss poor that, like, the women's the women's Survivor Series match was an anomaly, and we I, I like, overrated it initially just because it, it didn't suck. Like, Good lord! Like to me, like I'm I'm rating this match. Yes, I I'm not a Roman Reigns fan, 
but as a whole, like this, and this is the, it's like when you, when, uh, when, uh, so Ray Lewis won the MVP of the Super Bowl, and it was really, it should have been the whole defense, but you can't really give a MVP award to a whole defense. It should have been the whole defense because they played such great team de- defense. So they gave it to like the captain of the defense. As the, as the main event for this pay-per-view, it is going to bear the weight of a piss-poor rating because all the cumulative effect of like no stakes falls on this because again it's like you're asking me to be invested in this i ain't invested in it what what who cares what does it matter who wins who loses really they're gonna fight somewhere else down the road give me something and 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 the match was was good it was good i want something better than good for for a main event sue me I shall not, All right. but I will uh, let you have your opinion, and I will have mine. So so you had this as a what? Four stars? Four stars. <sighs> I thought this lived up to the main event status. I thought the, this was too uh, – th- this was a preview into what could be a, a – Oh, that's right. It was the hosses. It was that's the right. hosses beating the tar out of each other. Uh, but a preview of what could be a potential WrestleMania main event if The Rock is not available to uh, smack Roman Reigns around which I think is where they're going. Yeah. The true king of the Samoan dynasty. Well, at least that would make some sense. Make a whole hell of a lot more sense than what happened in this match. Because, <laughs> uh, I mean, and then at one point, like, they had the, the piped-in this is awesome chant. Oh, I'm like, oh, I, come I, on, I know, Vince. I know. Come this on. Is, this is totally a Vince control freak sort of and situation. And actually, that right there was like minus one star right there. As soon as I heard that, I'm like, oh, ratings be dropping now. Yeah, that was I. Yeah, so we'll have to agree to disagree on that. Absolutely, so, absolutely. After that, we come to the to the real main event. The real which was, world's champion, as Ric Flair would say. Yeah. This, so this was this was the real deal here, but of course it was also freaking confusing as all hell because we get like it was a Vince we get bleep show. <laughs> We get we get like the introduction of a cast of thousands. So let's run this down. We get we get Shane McMahon, Big Show, Bradshaw, mm-hmm. Jeff freaking Hardy. Like, okay, Mick Foley. Jeff, Jeff was Hardy a teenager like when uh, Undertaker was uh, cutting his teeth. <laughs> it's like it's like when you're at a wedding and you see that one person. You're like, and everybody is looking like, is that person crashing the wedding? How the hell did they get it? Did they get an invite? I really feel like I don't. I I wonder if Jeff Hardy just showed up with his face painted and everyone's like, well, he sure he must. Then saw him with right, the right, Undertaker right? symbol on his face and said, "You out there now." Yeah, uh, we got Mick Foley because of course, Godfather. Which oh, the, the how, how are you feeling when you saw him? Well, the shocked as hell because I didn't realize he was a Hall of Famer. I'm like, I, I mean, I always enjoyed the character, but he's a Hall of Famer. Like, oh yeah, how is Al Snow must be a Hall of Famer? Like, who isn't a Hall of Famer at this point? And then we get the Godwins, uh, Savio Vega, Rikishi. Oh boy, dude, I, Rikishi did not look good. Yeah, he, I don't he, know how he much and, more he we and have. Foley Rikishi. had probably the worst walks to the right. I, I, I kind of oh, cringe actually, when I saw Foley walk. I'm like, oh, that poor guy. <laughs> Actually, I thought Foley looked looked spry compared to Rikishi. Yeah. Rikishi looked uh, just poor. I was like, "Oh, dude, yeah. oh!" And then, of course, we get uh, we get Kevin Nash, uh, who I was I was really hoping they would have the Diesel uh, music, but they didn't. No. And uh, Booker T, who Booker T was actually looking a little rickety. Uh, he's he yeah, he he might have paid a, a tough price. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, they, they all paid a price. I mean, their 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 bodies oh, are all. Like, well, suffering. yeah, but I mean, 
some more than others. Like Shawn Michaels actually looks like he can still move around pretty mm-hmm, well. And, mm-hmm. you know, some of these other guys. Uh, then Ric Flair comes down and, and the comment of, you know, I don't think Ric Flair has stopped. Rick's stopped celebrating since yesterday. I'm like, oh, good Lord. Do we need to have an intervention for Rick after this? <laughs> <sighs> and then, of course, we get Triple H because, of course, Triple H is involved. And then Kane in full freaking Kane gear. Now, everyone else is in street clothes and they dress, they made J- Kane dress up in the gimmick. Which I Mayor was like, Glenn I wonder- Jacobs, he shows up in full regalia. I wonder if that was like the biggest rib ever ever where they were like oh yeah yeah kane kane yeah well, he wasn't shaking hands either he was he was full kayfabe on that one my friend yeah well i think at that point it, i'm wondering if like they told him like they they're like oh yeah everyone else is going out in, in full gear full gear yeah man it's like it's a big night yeah hbk's got the chaps and everything mankind's got the mask and then he gets out there and he's like son they, of a they, bitch. they ripped me <laughs> That's and that's why he's not shaking hands he's like you bastards. I'll get you. <laughs> and, and then then they cut to like the then they cut to the the, the greatest hits package video which which at least they had stone cold in that cuz I'm like how the hell is stone cold not here for this? And then I understood after they came back and all those dudes were gone. After we went through everybody's yeah. entrance music and everything and all those dudes are gone it's just Vince in the ring. I'm like Oh, now I understand why why Austin isn't here. He's like, I ain't flying out there for that crap. New York, I'm well, driving there. I'm gonna sit home and drink some beer. Damn it! I was you I know? was surprised I mean, both by Austin and by Cena because you know Cena's been such kind of a, a a bedrock of of the of the organization for the last you know you know ten fifteen years mm. that I I would have thought he would have shown up to so you know to quote unquote pay respect so to speak. Um, well, I think it was because they've they probably those two guys were probably like, and what are we doing? You just want me to walk down to the absolutely. ring and then that's it? Yeah, yeah. No, I I, I felt Hell I felt no. this was was completely. I, I mean, maybe I'm overstating it a little bit, but I thought this was completely mishandled. I I don't understand why you would bring uh. all of that talent down, and you know, and some of that talent may seem odd to the listeners. You know, like for example, Phineas and Henry Godwin. But you know, you got to understand that there's. A background to a lot of these guys that came down were part of this BSK crew that um, I, I forget what BSK stands for. It's like Bone something or other. Um, Bone Street Crew. Yeah, or something. but but, that? but Taker had basically this crew of guys that he he ran with during his heyday, and he was close with with you know some guys that that really you know were were more mid card guys, but they, they were just they, they were just good friends and. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, and so I, I thought it was really, really a, a, a cool, you know, point for them to bring those guys down because they were such a part of his life. But it was really disappointing to see that they just didn't have that that interaction with him. You know, no, not at all. Uh, at least when they did Flair's retirement, he came. You know, they brought all these guys down: Harley Race, Four Horsemen, all that stuff. And and he at least got to interact with them. You know what I mean? But it's like Taker come, you know, we, we come back from the video package of his career, which was cool. You know, it was put to a nice, you know, Metallica song. And, you know, I thought it did justice to his career. But but then it's just Vince standing there doing, you know, Vince, of course, doing his ego thing where he's doing the big introduction to The Undertaker. And it's just like I would have much rather seen the guy come down and and interact with the guys who were part of, you know, a big part of, you know, his heyday. And and, yeah. and and have it be a human moment, not not a let's pretend the Undertaker's coming out and saying I'm going to rest in peace now and then walk out. I mean, it was just it felt well felt flat to me. So so here's the thing though, because so I watched I watched uh, as, as we're going 
into that package and then they're like oh and after after the show uh, there's a stone cold session with undertaker you know return or whatever and i'm like i'm like oh crap it's getting late i got work tomorrow and now now i'm gonna get roped into watching that because it's gonna autoplay after this and I mean, damn, if I don't love listening to stories, so all it's going to take is like five seconds of hearing Stone Cold. I, well, damn, son, now what I'm going to talk about now, uh, I'll be like, okay, I'm in for the next two and a half hours. You guys could talk till six in the morning and I'm here. Yeah. Um, but the first part of that, went, uh, and I did manage to break the spell and turn it off, thank goodness. So um, they, you okay? Oh, I'm good. <laughs> Sorry, I thought I did that off mic enough, but apparently not. Was, I thought you were going for the bucket. I'm like, <laughs> no. Sorry. Do it. Oh, good lord. I was, the cel- the Celts are kicked in. I'm sorry. I was legit concerned. Like you get some bad fish or something. <laughs> good lord. <laughs> oh. Anyways, so but but uh but Undertaker was talking about how throughout his career he really was like kayfabe to the max. Like they oh, yeah. protected that character. He really didn't do interviews. He didn't talk as 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 Mark Calloway he or was whatever old his name is. School, my friend. And 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 Stone Cold talked about that right at the beginning, and and Taker even said like I kind of almost wonder if I shouldn't have kept it that way. Like maybe I shouldn't have done that. Maybe I shouldn't have told the stories and this and that. And I I kind of do second guess myself on that. So I wonder, was I mean is that just him essentially saying like I'm gonna go down to the ring and I just want to do it this way. I want my farewell to be kayfabe. I want it to be as the Undertaker. I want to come out there and I want to do it this way. And that's it. Yeah. And and but that's I think that's also like it's such a mishmash, yeah. You know of stuff. Um, I really, I mean, honestly, I would have rather. And this is I don't know how many people actually get this reference. Go look it up on YouTube, kids. But if you but when uh, Larry Bird retired and they did his retirement ceremony, it wasn't just like hey, and in, in the at halftime of one of the games or before a Celtics game. They're going to raise his number to the rafter. They did an entire night. It was like selling tickets. The entire Boston Garden was sold out. They had like a, a stage that was made out of sections of the parquet floor, and they brought up everybody. Mm-hmm. Like they had Red Arback. They had, uh, you know, teammates and all that. They brought Magic Johnson. You know, I mean, for and uh, all right, kids, come a little closer. So back in the day, this Uncle Todd Larry, moment is brought to you by Geritol. No. <laughs> Damn you, old man! Hey, it goes good with the bourbon. So <laughs> do it. It's a nice little cocktail. Uh, so you know, when Magic and and Larry came out of college, that was like the savior of the NBA in the '80s before Michael Jordan got there. So, but to have like to have those two out there and telling stories, and the whole night they were telling stories and talking about Larry Bird, and Larry Bird was talking about them and all these things, and it was it was it was a great tribute. It was the way that you treat a legend like that, you know, and you you come to understand the weight of the person's legacy. I would have rather they just like said, you know what, this year for Survivor Series because. None of it means a damn thing, anyways. We're gonna just it's Survivor Series this year is Taker. That's it. It is Taker Night, and that is the pay per view. And it's gonna be we're gonna bring all those people down, and they're all gonna do their interviews and stuff like that, and and even like let him let him come out as as Mark Calloway and talk for the whole time, and then at the end let him do his kayfabe farewell. Let that be the last thing. Fine. I would have actually liked that better than watching this pay-per-view with the exception of like two matches, you know? Yeah. That would have been more satisfying. Yeah. Instead, you bring all these legends down, you don't do anything with them. You don't to get to like you said interact with with them or anything and 
and then he comes out and he does his thing, which I'm kind of like, okay, that's cool. I mean, seeing the Undertaker ent- entrance for one more time was unreal, you know. And you could and and the thing is, like, that was actual genuine emotion. That was what they were trying to get from Roman Reigns and and McIntyre was the emotion that was going on with Taker in that moment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's what they were trying to manufacture, and it don't work. It only happens when it happens for real. And it was there with, with Taker, and it's, and it's there with me even watching, because I've I watched this guy for a long time. You know, I remember back when, you know, he first started wrestling and all that, and it's like, it's it's totally different. Anyways, I, I just, the whole thing was, uh, it was a kind of a metaphor for the whole night. It was very discombobulated, the whole thing, yeah. uneven. But yeah, I mean, oh my gosh, it, I could just, the thing that I remembered is when, when Mick Foley described Undertaker's entrance of just like, it's just like this 6'9", John Wayne coming walking down yeah. <laughs> yeah. the aisle. It's like, yeah. and when he talked about how like, you know, he turned to, I guess, you know, at one point Paul Bearer was on Mankind's side and he turned to Paul Bearer and showed him like the hair on his arm was sticking up and Paul Bearer did the same thing. Mm. And it's like, dude, you walked with him and, and, it, and it still gets that reaction. Yeah. That's kind of cool. That is. That is, I, 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 yeah, I, I thought it would have been better suited for him to just come down as Mark Calloway. I don't know. I, I, I go back and forth on, on, on the one hand, I understand why they did it the way they did it. On the other, there, there's a part of me that wishes they just went for more of the human moment with him. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and he's earned it. You know what I mean? I, 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 he, he's earned whatever way he wants to go out. You know, I mean, if, yeah. if that's how he wanted to do it, so be it. You know, I mean, that that's totally fine. But to bring all those guys out and to not have them play some sort of consequential role in the kind of goodbye of sorts to him just felt like a waste, you know, to, to, to me. But, you know, maybe they had something backstage and that's the way he wanted it, you know. You know what would have been better? What would have been better – and here's the thing, like just – and I'm going to fantasy book this thing because and the the problem is it, this isn't the way that that Taker wanted to go out anyways. Yeah, yeah. You know because it, I mean all those years of of being in sold out arenas, WrestleManias and football stadiums, all that, and you're saying your goodbye in an empty room. It's got to be weird. Oh sure, yeah. No, I I agree. I agree. What would have been great is end of Reigns McIntyre. Since again, the match don't mean a damn thing, anyways. The end of of McIntyre reigns, and maybe you see it throughout the show of just weird stuff happening in the arena or something like that. If you want to go complete kayfabe, let's just go whole hog. Like weird stuff is happening, lights are going out. Oh, uh, we have some problem with the LED panels over in this section; and they're just dark. You know, weird stuff like that. And then at the end of that match, as things are winding down, he maybe even get into that weird guillotine Shannon Tweed sort of thing, and where again he could just fall on the guy and it would be out. But they get into that into that thing, and all of a sudden the lights just cut, and that's where Taker makes the entrance mm. and does the slow walk down, and they're just confused. And Roman Reigns comes in, feeds him for a choke slam, boom. Yeah. McIntyre comes up, feed, boom. Referee, boom. Every, I mean, whatever you got to do. And that's when you get the rest in peace sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And that's the end of the show. Yeah. Don't do like the whole like video package or anything like that. If you want to go complete kayfabe, then do that. Yeah. And that's Undertaker's last thing. He just comes down and just lays waste everybody. Because yeah. again, it doesn't it didn't mean anything. Give him his moment that way. Yeah. You know, that could have been kind of cool. Yeah. 
and then and then have that whole moment where you have the the pallbearer hologram and like you know it, all of that stuff could have all worked and it would have actually kind of been kind of cooler I think because at least it would have been in the it would have been in context of the overall night yeah and 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 just cut out having the 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 legend show up you know because you know if you're not going to use them then then yeah just just fold him into the main event and have him you know interfere that way and be a part of that and ha- have the goodbye be the goodbye you know. Yeah, either that or have that have that be the post show. Yeah. Like bring all those guys down and then do a post show after that with Taker. Yeah. And and have that be like a two hour post show where it's just it's again, it's 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 Undertaker night. Yeah. yeah. Fine. I'm good with that. Yeah. I agree. But I mean the way that the way it is just eh, it felt uneven. But I will say, uh well I, actually I'll I'll save it for and another thing. Never mind. So speaking of which And another thing. What have you got for and another thing? Uh, well, I, I'll just jump right to it, and and for you know, forgive me because I didn't do the proper research and getting the title correct, and and I'm actually kind of repeating one that I've done before. But given what you were just talking about and and the approach to it, I I really you know encourage folks to go uh, if if you know if you have the ability to uh, get a free subscription to WW Network or want to you know suck it up for a month and pay, and pay the 10 bucks um the the documentary series on the undertaker i think it was called the last ride if i have it right yep um yep. it's the it's the impetus for the title of this podcast yeah yep <laughs> i definitely check it out because i think what was the most fascinating thing for me about that series was to see how the cycle happens with these guys when they don't know when to let go um, mm. you know, most telling with him was he had a bad match with Raymond with, sorry, with Raymond's with Roman Reigns, uh, be, <laughs> with Ray Romano, with Ray Romano. Hey, um, <laughs> he, wait a minute. He had a bad match with Roman Reigns. You don't say. No, well, not Reigns' fault. I'm sorry. T- Taker will be the first one to tell you that he, he was physically not in shape to be in that match. And he comes back. He has a great match. Now he wants to do another one. And and it's just mm-hmm. the sequence of things that, that that plays out over the course of two or three years that they kind of document that I thought was really interesting and just kind of shows the struggle that I think a lot of pro wrestlers have when you know, when when the writing on the wall is happening physically for them and, and it's just time to let go. And mm. um but but it, it, it comes to a great conclusion. Um, you know, I think I think the, the, the last match where it was with him and Styles in this more of this theatrical match really than anything else was, was really mm-hmm. a great ending for him. You know, and it, it was a proper ending for that character. Uh, it, yeah. it folded all three phases of, of what he did across his three decades. You know, it, it folded mm-hmm. the American Badass, it folded Mark Calloway, and it folded The Undertaker into, into one match, and, and you saw all of it play out. And and I thought it was just a great send-off, and... Um, and to have it be Styles as his last opponent I, for for me is cool because I, I'm a big AJ Styles fan. I think he's a phenomenal worker, and uh, I see what you did. Yeah, then. and just you know, just just that that he got to be the last guy to face him. I, I think is is a very very cool way for for uh, for him to end his career. So uh, definitely check the documentary out. It's very fascinating. You know, you you start to I I really like the fact that he's just kind of pulled you know, the, the curtain away, so to speak, on what he's been hiding all these years and is just more himself. Very fascinating guy. A lot of great stories. 
And and that documentary just has a lot of really really good stuff, and you and you get to understand the human being behind the character. So mm-hmm. I I will. Uh, it, it was not my original and another thing, but this will be an impromptu repeat to say definitely check out the uh, you know the Undertaker the Last Ride, very very interesting uh, look into uh, the end of, of of his career. Very apropos for the subject matter tonight. Mm. So for me, I, I've got a, uh, this is actually kind of a repeat for me as well, because I know I mentioned this, this might have been back in season one, back in, back when we were still trying to treat this like an NPR show, and we, <laughs> I, I, we had some sort of illusions about being professional, and then we just sort of gave that when up we because we realized- like this and wanted to make yeah. everything like 30 minutes and two parts and- yeah, and that went away at not even the first episode. Yeah, so uh, this one was one I've referred to before, but it's a specific episode. So this is uh, the Battlestar Galacticast, which is a podcast where Mark Bernardin, uh, who is a, uh, he was actually a former writer for, um, oh my gosh, uh, Entertainment Weekly, and he is now actually uh, a full-time working screenwriter. Uh, he's also the co-host of Fat Man Beyond with Kevin Smith, and Trisha Helfer, uh, his, his co-host, and they, uh, Trisha Helfer, of course, was a cast member of uh, Battlestar Galactica. She was Caprica 6, and uh, they are going through and they are re-watching the entire show uh, episode by episode all the way through, and they are now nearing the end of the journey, and actually I think they've I can't remember if they've published all of them, but they've they finished recording all of them, and now they're searching for for other things to record, and uh, because uh, uh, separation anxiety really sucks. So uh, they they've been doing this, and they have special guests from the cast. Uh, they have a, they've actually had a couple of the directors, and I think they actually had Bear McCreary, who was the uh, responsible for the music of the show on one episode. Uh, they are now towards the end. So Daybreak Part 1 is the episode I started watching today, and uh, watching, listening to today. And uh, that has a special guest, uh, Katie Sackoff, who played Starbuck in the show. And the reason I thought this was hilarious is Katie Sackoff actually manages to pull a free-range idiocy uh, where she watched the wrong episode before in preparation hey! for recording the podcast. <laughs> So she watched Exodus Part One instead of Daybreak Part Don't. One. <laughs> it was it's great because her and Trisha Helfer are actually really good friends. And Trisha's like, "I told you the right episode," and she's like, "I know you did, but I I was on the treadmill and I'm walking and I saw Part One and I just clicked it. And I'm like, this isn't the, this isn't the end. This is in the middle." <laughs> and, oh my and so she's like, "I haven't I've never watched this episode, so this will be interesting." And I mentioned that because. I would make the comment that I feel bad about renewing my WWE Network subscription just to watch this crap show. However, I learned when I went to log in last night and restart my subscription. Like Roman Reigns slapping the guillotine on uh, Drew McIntyre. What did Uncle Todd find out? I found out I've been paying Vince money for a few months. I just never canceled it since the last time I watched it. He's had you in a chokehold all this time. And I felt like a complete dope. (laughs) So... In that way, it's very on brand for us. Apropos, uh, really, apropos. really living the gimmick, mm. as it were. But Battlestar Galacticast, as I mean, anytime you get a chance to delve into the Battlestar Galactica world, it is great, and it is really great to listen to these three talk about it, and you start to understand uh, from the actor's point of view what they were getting out of that. F- out of that series finale, uh, finale mm-hmm. and and how those episodes were working and informing what they 
new as their characters and and also how difficult it was going back and playing the older version not older i guess younger version of those characters knowing what they knew and yeah. and and trying to make all of that work mm-hmm. uh and and then also uh having mark bernard in there as a writer kind of talking from his side of it so it's it, they're they're all well worth listening to uh if you really want to jump in and 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 finish up with and start that one. That's great. But I would recommend listening to them all. They're all really great to listen to. And, uh, and Mark and Trisha have great chemistry in terms of, uh, podcasters. So it's great just to hear them interact and talk. Uh, so definitely check those out and subscribe and, and listen to those to your heart's content. Yeah. I, I actually, uh, bookmarked that show, uh, not too long ago. I think it was like a week or two ago. Cause I think they had Edward James almost on. Mm, or uh, mm-hmm. Island, I think it was Islanded in a stream. Islanded in a sea of yeah. Because isn't that the one where um, the admiral has the breakdown? Well, that's the one right before Daybreak Part One. So that was must have been like either last week or the week before. Right, but but, th- but that's the one where like at, like Adama yes. just loses it and he's like throwing paint on the wall and he has his whole breakdown. Yes. Yeah, yeah I, I, that was such a power. So I, I'm looking forward to listening to that one. I have not listened. He's to it yet. he's been on a couple of yeah. times. Yeah. And and actually, I read this the other day. I don't know if this is true or when it was true, but apparently James Callis and his family were quarantining with Edward James Olmos and his family during COVID at one point. Baltar was quarantining was... with the Admiral, and he's still alive. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I, I just love this show in general just because of how – how connected that cast even still is today, yeah, yeah. you know, that's just, it's, it's great. And it's, it's heartwarming awesome. really. It's one of the, it's one of the few things in 2020 that's keeping me going quite honestly. Oh, well, but so anyways, we're coming to the end of our time here. I know, mm-hmm. I know, I know parting is such sweet sorrow. And I know that after two and a half hours, you're so sorry to not be hearing our voices. Although you might be relieved. I'm going to guess it's more relieved. Uh, we, we do thank you for tuning in and bearing with us, as always. I always feel like I'm apologizing to people, like, I'm really sorry this episode took so long. But you know what? We all kind of know what we're in for when we go on this. Well, so. we both had to ramble on for about 20 minutes about the wonder that is Bailey. So. Oh, what? How did that even? Oh, anyways, so let's let's not get back into that, shall we? Yes, let's not. So thank you all for tuning in. We really do appreciate it. We appreciate the chance to, to ramble here on the Internet and to have other people listen. Uh, be sure to subscribe. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and you can also find us at Podbean. Uh, if you go to freerangeadc.com, that'll take you to our Podbean page. You can see all of our episodes and peruse at your leisure. Uh, we're also on the social medias. We love them social medias. We are on Twitter. We are on Facebook. We are on Instagram. All of those are at Free Range Idiocy. And if you have any questions, concerns, bribery, ransom notes, Ponzi schemes, uh, Bourbon of the Month Club now for Tim, mm-hmm. you want to send those to Tim at FreeRangeIdiocy.com and he will be back in touch with you forthwith, if not sooner if that's even humanly possible. But then again, I've known him to bend the shape of space and time to his will, so it could definitely happen. Darn to. So now that we've come to the end of our time, I always like to take a moment. I, I like to just take a breath and kind of look back and reflect, maybe get into a 
into a yoga pose. Actually, no, I don't do that because I'll never be able to get up again. <laughs> I was going to say, you're not that limber. I like to, hey, I'm pretty damn limber, you know, just just because I can't do that Shannon Tweed guillotine thing, you know, I mean, uh, so, but I like to take this moment to kind of center myself and, and reflect on the episode and what we've talked about and and say to Tim, very calmly and zen-like, what the hell did we learn tonight? <laughs> How, anything? How did I know? How, how did I know we were, we were going to get to that? We're going streaky! Yeah! Yeah! We've learned many things. We we've learned that. Oh, good. We've learned that that Uncle Todd has a unhealthy understanding of the wonder that is Bailey. We have learned. Uh, I don't, I think my understanding is actually pretty. We have learned that s- that he he has a misunderstanding of of the guillotine maneuver. <laughs> You just fall on the guy, and that ends it. It's really very simple. We have learned. Come over, come over here. I've got a whiteboard, and I'll diagram it for you. Madden's ready to use the tele- telestrator. Look out. Well, you see what you do is you oh, surprise, you hanging on here to we you. Go. You fall on the guy, and then if you fall on the guy, he can't be hanging on to you. Because if he's hanging on to you and you fall on him, he can't be hanging on to you anymore. And then after you hang on to you and you fall on him, then he's not hanging on to you anymore. Oh. That's how it works. My goodness. I'm telling you, you just you just fall on the guy and it's over. We've learned that that, that Uncle Todd and, and and myself should should not engage in backyard wrestling, for one of us will end up <laughs> hobbling away, and it ain't gonna be me. <laughs> Apparently not, because I sell and he does not. <laughs> you bump real well, man. I don't. I can't sell to save my life. Oh my god! Which is really great because you got like you got a couple inches on me, so you gave, you've got all the physical advantages, but you bump like a mofo. I don't know what it is. <laughs> That's right, baby. I make him look went, like a thousand you bucks. <laughs> you went high on that rock bottom. You like got up off the ground and everything. It was awesome. <laughs> Todd did nothing. I just I just I did it all myself. <laughs> pretty pretty much, <laughs> including knocking the window <laughs> when I hit the ground. Might have, might have done a little too much. Oh, brother. Ah, oh, and we've learned the wonder, uh, the the phenom, the three decades of excellence that was the Undertaker, and mm-hmm. and just amazing to think this 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 guy has has had a career that has spanned that long that is very very rare in the business of professional wrestling. So we tip our caps, our our, our hats, our caps, whatever it may be, uh, to <laughs> Beanie, uh, our, our, our 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 bourbon snifters. To uh, to one, oh my God. to one Mark Calloway. Where, where are we heading with this? To one Mark Calloway, the the Undertaker. Just just a, a nod of appreciation to, to the man, the myth, the legend. Mm-hmm. And with that being said, we shall wrap things up. So do be safe. Do be healthy. Have a wonderful Thanksgiving. And uh, you know, Uncle Todd's got got the. You know the big twenty-pound bird going, so we we, we got to save the oh, money. Yeah. So please hit the lights on. That's right. I took the wrong week to quit drinking. I beg your pardon. What did you say? Damn! You are such a disappointing pair. I prayed so hard for you. <laughs> Get out and don't come back. Until you redeemed yourselves. So say we all. So say we all.
Well done. There we go. Oh my gosh. I I can't see out of my right eye. Is that normal? 